warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 337. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And no, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Jake, I don't know. I don't fucking know anymore, man. Yeah, I could tell just with that intro that you don't know. Uh-huh. There's a lot <laughs> that I don't know, but I don't know about this week. I have no idea. It's been a little bit of a disappointing week, and I, I'm going to get into that here in a moment. I'm going to get into the disappointment of the week here in a second. I don't know why I'm acting this way. But <laughs> <laughs> sounds really depressing, but you're making it like really exciting. I know. So I'm you're, trying to you're yeah. previewing it. You know, that's my showmanship, Jake. <laughs> you know, that's what I bring to the table. You know what I mean? I try to bring a little bit of showmanship every week. You know, keep people on their toes. One might say. <laughs> um <laughs> We are not alone. We are not alone. Uh we are joined this week by uh Michael Winkler. Welcome back, dude. Hey, how's it going, guys? Ah, depressing as fuck. How are you doing? Depressed as fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll get your punch card. Oh, man. We're in that. We're, uh, Spike Lee's got that new joint out this week, the five bloods. We're the, the three sad fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue it. Oh, man. Here's my, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Number one. No iTunes reviews. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No love. You can always tell when a podcast is floundering when people aren't giving the iTunes reviews. We're floundering, boys. We're floundering. We're, floundering. we're like that fish. Flounder is a fucking fish, but we're like that fish on the <laughs> deck that is just like flapping, getting ready to die, taking its last breath, and we're just floundering. Just dying out there, Jake. Two weeks in a fucking row. Nobody gives a flying fuck. 
No, man. Yeah, that metaphor is way too true. If I wasn't sad before, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely there now. I know. I know. And, and then, and then there's that old grizzled fisherman who looks like Nick Nolte. And he's just going <laughs> to pound us in the head with a paddle. You know what I mean? Uh, I wish he'd hurry up and do it. Just put us out of our misery. Would he, would he do it with the paddle or would he do it with his big fucking sausage fingers that are, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, paddle or fingers or like his hand, his fist. You know what I mean? His fist. Not his fingers like he's going to slap the fish. That's weird. I prefer the paddle. You prefer the paddle? What do you, what are you thinking, Winkler? You'd rather get hit? You're, you're the floundering fish flapping on the, on the deck of the boat. Is there, is there a deck on boats? Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> Would you rather get punched? Sausage knuckles. Sausage knuckles to the face? You're a fucking, oh, yeah. you're a fucking man. Jake, you're a fucking puss. What a paddle. <laughs> Yeah, what, what kind of what kind of sick fucking guy wants a paddle? Are you into that shit? You like being spanked, Jake? You like being turned around and spanked on your bottom? I just figure it would finish us off quicker than his fist. I don't mind being spanked on the bottom. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I don't want Nick Nolte spanking me on the bottom. You know what I mean? I would want Nick Nolte as that fucking uh, creature from uh, Mandalorian spanking me on the bottom, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what that guy's name was, but... Uh, Quarlock? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Kinkos? Was his name Kinkos? Kinkos, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. What was that thing he always said? What was that thing he always said? I said that, he goes, I have spoken. He'd sp- yes. spank me on the ass and say, I have spoken. <laughs> oh, that's hot, man. That's fucking hot. <laughs> Is it Quaker? Is it Quaker? Oh, man, you got me laughing too hard this episode already. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I am in a weird fucking mood. I'm a little annoyed that we didn't get any iTunes reviews. Um, I want to get punched in the face by Sausage Figure Nick Nolte. It's just a fucked up episode. And here's another thing. No emails. <sighs> Not that. It's like the void. We're just talking into the void. Seriously. I feel like I'm on a fucking dating app. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> I posted pictures. I posted, <laughs> I posted pictures of me doing fun shit too. I'm doing fun shit, you know? Look at me, look at me. I'm fucking, I'm jet skiing, I'm fishing, I'm beating a fish with a paddle, man. Look at me. I'm out here, I'm living life. Here's pictures of my, me on my vacation. Don't I look like a fun guy? I'm not here. I'm getting crickets back, man. Match.com. <laughs> Fuck you, Match.com. I always found that so like interesting that people on dating apps post the things they do maybe like once or twice a year. Like if that, yeah, like in the five percent of the year, and the other ninety five percent is like looking like a fat ass eating pizza, watching Netflix. Yeah, they're not showing the guy jerking off to your fucking match picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're not showing that shit. Yeah, yeah anyway. no one's showing that. Uh, oh god, you got to go to different sites for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no iTunes, no emails, and listen to this fucking shit. Ran a contest. Ran a contest for the Jaws 4K Blu-ray, Jake. All I asked was fucking for anyone to send in an audio clip of them, like, recreating, like, just doing a quote from Jaws. Anything. Anything. The movie's called Jaws, and nobody used theirs to fucking do this, Jake. Not a single fucking person. 
Oh my god, this episode is the most depressing episode we've ever done. Here we go, here we go, Jay. Yeah, this is making me really sad. I rule with an iron fist, and I don't fuck around, and I don't coddle our listeners, okay? I'm not putting on the fucking baby gloves, all right? Contest is over. Nobody wins it except for the people on this podcast. Jake, I want you to quote, I want you to look up a Jaws quote right fucking now. And I want you to oh, we just... Need, we need a bigger boat. I don't even need to look it up. Boom, boom. Jake, you won. You fucking won. I'm giving the lady that I was in contact with from this company your address, and you won a Jaws 4K. Michael Winkler, look up a Jaws quote and just fucking say it right now. Just Google a Jaws quote, any fucking quote. I don't care what it is. We got. You can hear him typing. I, I'm fucking scattering now. Like a fucking hat, dude. <laughs> it don't even have to be correct. It can be from. It can be from Jaws two or three. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Want to do it like the voice of the character? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's more than anybody else fucking did. Smile, you son of a bitch. Boom. You won, Michael Winkler. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you for your fucking address. You won the fucking contest. You're gonna get a Jaws. 4K Blu-ray with the lenticular fucking case, a 44-page like like uh, the making of Jaws and all this stuff. You fucking want it, brother? Dude, this went from the saddest day ever to the best day ever. Thank you so much. And the contest is closed. You can't send me your fucking audio clip. If you do, I'm gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna delete the goddamn thing. Contest is fucking over. You you let me down. You let down PCL Nation. You let everyone down. You let everybody that contest is over. Jake, Michael, you're the big fucking winners. You want a Jaws 4K Blu-ray set? Yes. That set looks really nice. I'm really excited. I'm disappointed. It's a weird emotion. I'm really yeah. sad and upset at our listeners, but happy to get my own copy of that. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, I'm like airing out all my fucking sadness and grievances on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that Michael was going to quote the shark from Jaws in his movie quote. Oh, that'd be great. Rawr. <laughs> I'm a shark. Like a shark like wilderness where he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Think about, I want, I want to ask you this question. Let's talk about more depressing shit. Oh. I mean, I'm a human being. I'm a person. I've lived a life. I've done things. I've been out there. I've had experiences. But there are animals that have done way more and had way more exciting lives than us. And I'm talking about like celebrity animals. You know what I mean? You ever think about that? You ever think about that? How fucked? Jake, think about, think about that. Like name a celebrity animal. I guarantee he's had more, he or she has had a more exciting life than we ever have. Like a Lassie or something? Yeah, like Lassie or fucking Benji or even, I'm telling you, like even the fucking Bush's Big Beans dog has had a more exciting life than we have. The Taco Bell Chihuahua? Yeah, Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> the fucking, the Air Bud dog. That's where my mind immediately went. I, you're up that age. I never, I I don't even think I ever saw Air Bud, Jake, the fucking basketball play dog. <laughs> same, same. I just read the Wikipedia page. You didn't see, so you definitely didn't see Air Bud 9, the highlight edition? No, I thought Air Bud was a new strain of weed. I had no idea what the fuck <laughs> Air Bud was. How many did they make? Did they really make nine? Oh no, I just made up the highlight edition. I think there are like seven though. Oh Jesus Christ, they made 27 Land Before Time sequels. <laughs> 
and everybody can't be happy doing the same sport, right? It's like every movie he has to pick up a new sport. Yeah. And yeah. how many litters of puppies can a dog fucking have? <laughs> you got to have enough for the bobsled team for Airbud 11. That's what it's all working up to, yeah. What kind, what, what, like, what kind of fucking bullshit sports is he playing? Like later on down the line, when they run out, they got you know they did <laughs> they did football, they did soccer, they even they got in trouble for the boxing one, so they they didn't it never was released. But um, and it and it also had what it also had a guest appearance by that one. Who's that football player? That Michael got, Vick. Michael Vick was in it, guest starring Michael Vick. Um, <laughs> Actually, it was just was an. Was really going to make a boxing one? No. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? Oh my god! I was in shock the whole time you were talking about. What's that? What's that fucking bullshit sport they do in the Olympics where they got that fucking where, curling? Curling, where they where they <laughs> they push that oversized puck on the ice. That shit's cool. I love watching that. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, are you upset? Oh, we're going to get no Olympics this year because of this whole coronavirus. They're pushing it off till next year. That is sad. That is sad. I'm a bigger fan of the Winter Olympics, though. Between the two. I fucking so. love the Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. It's so good. The hockey and all the figures. You haven't lived until you've seen, like, a grown man on, like, or or woman, sorry, like, uh, going skiing cross-country while shooting targets out of a tree with a rifle. Like... Exhilarating. You see, what is it? Skateboarding's going to be in Olympics now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm drinking margaritas, people. This shit's going to get weird this episode. I bet skateboarding will get a ton of TV time too. I hope so. so that, that'll be fun to see. Yeah, I was listening to that Tony Hawk sure episode. Like, hey, shut up, yeah, Michael. You're cutting me oh, off. Oh, what the sorry. fuck? What the? What are you? Doing? <laughs> What are you, what, 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 podcasting 101. I'm the host. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Th- let's not go back to this where you're intimidated by me, Michael. Let's not do no, this. No, I'm not. I'm do not be. You started talking again so I can cut you off. <laughs> you're, just, you're just waiting in the bushes, just waiting to pounce uh, as soon as this fucker opens his mouth. What were you, no, what were you yammering on about? So goddamn important. No, we're saying with uh, Tony Hawk coming out, I think a lot of uh, you know the younger kids that didn't get to experience that might uh, get back into skating. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to see. <laughs> I, I know nothing about what that um, is going to be like. Like, is it going to be like in a pool with like 30 minutes? Is it going to be like figure skating, or is it going to be like races? Like, what the fuck's going on with skateboarding? Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine it might be like snowboarding where they just like put them on a vert ramp that's like really long and they just work their way down. Can we talk about fucked up sports dogs can play again? Like, can we go back yes. to that? How many sports did everybody play? I want to know. I'm getting ready to go to the wiki. I don't know, man. I, soccer. I bet soccer was one of them. Or excuse me, Europeans. Football. I don't know. Like, I don't want them getting all pissed off at me. All right, the first one is basketball. Yeah. That makes sense. Where's the fucking sequels? Sequels and spinoffs. Do you play baseball? Oh, I got to go to Airbud series. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, this is taking way too long. Yeah. Airbud gold yeah, he... receiver. He plays football in the second one. Mm-hmm. 
soccer in the third one. Yeah. Baseball in the fourth How one. How the fuck is a dog playing baseball? <laughs> How the fuck is a dog playing baseball? I, it's got to be the catcher and the catcher only. So he's like, a, he's a fucking catcher. Was he catching in his mouth? Yeah, I mean, how else? <laughs> That's fucked up. You're throwing a ball at it. Well, dog, yeah, dogs eat. Do the Airbud movies use special effects? I've never seen one. Like, do, do they make Airbud do fantastical things with no. CGI? This dog played all those sports, man. <laughs> <laughs> <It was a, laughs> this one dog, he was like the Bo Jackson of fucking dog sports. <laughs> Oh man, I can't. I'm laughing so hard at what the baseball one is called that I can't. I've tried to say it like three times. What? I can't do say, it. Say, come on. It's Airbud seventh inning fetch. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. There's one more. There's Airbud part five. You want to guess the final sport? He's uh. Oh man. Oh god. He's he uh, he's a uh, uh, swimmer, diving nope, nope. diving. Nope. Volleyball. Oh. <laughs> it's Airbud spikes back. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ. That's and then ridiculous. he had puppies and then all the puppies do different sports too. And there's even a, a movie where they send the puppies to space called Space Buddies. <laughs> so, wait, so they just dropped the whole sports thing and had a bunch of puppies go to space? <laughs> yeah, that's an Air Bud 8, Space Buddies. What the? That's fucking 8? <laughs> yeah, there's 14. Fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but after the fifth one, after Air Bud spikes back, it, it, it kind of becomes something different. It's It's the puppies doing all their things. There's a Christmas one, Santa Buddies, of course. Santa Buddies? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh, man, I didn't know how fascinating the Airbud Wiki was going to be. Oh, my God. We should just do a whole podcast on that this week. <laughs> it sounds more exciting than what we're going to talk about. And then there's two prequels to Santa Buddies. Two the prequels Santa to... <laughs> there's two prequels to the Santa Buddies? Yeah. So there were many unanswered questions in the original release. Oh, so that's really that's really sixteen movies. Yeah, that, there was that much to know. It was like basically Star Wars. Yeah, it's like oh fuck, like uh, the Anakin dog. We got to go back and see the origin of this dog. <laughs> yeah, where did Barky go wrong? You gotta find out. Santa buddies. This is, so, that's so fucking dumb. Yeah, the search for Santa Paws and Santa Paws 2. More Santa pups. <laughs> they're not even, they're not even trying at this point. They don't even <laughs> they came care. up with the puns. Yeah. They have no time for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, Airbud fucking 17 was like, uh, it was titled Airbud. Why the fuck are you still watching this shit? <laughs> There hasn't been one since 2013, and the final one was called Super Buddies. Oh, God. Where, of course, they uh, acquire rings that grant them superpowers. I can't wait for, like, another 10 years when these fucking kids that grew up on this Airbud bullshit are just, like, you know, getting upset about the Airbud reboot. Fuck <laughs> off. Who gives a fuck? That ain't my Airbud. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh man, I, I kind of want to watch these movies now. I'm gonna to have to look at Disney Plus and see how many of these they got. 
treating this shit like it's fucking like it's Goonies or the fucking Back to the Future trilogy. Jesus, oh, it's, I, more, it's, it's bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, they made a lot more. Oh my god, I I've never even seen the first one. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know it was that big of a hit. They yeah, it's a shame because the first one is like a classic movie from like my childhood. Yeah. And then it just got stepped on by all these terrible fucking sequels. Mm. Oh, man. Give me Teen Wolf any day. I want to, you know what I mean, Jake? Oh, yeah. Teen Wolf is, I, I mean, yeah, maybe it's just when you were born, I guess. If we were of age when Airbud was popular, yeah, it's got to it be. May- it's gotta be. I don't know. Teen Wolf was awesome, though. You know, Michael J. Michael J. Fox filmed that before Back to the Future, but it came out after Back to the Future. I did know that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it only really came out because of his popularity from Back to the Future. Sp- oh, really? I thought it just took longer in post. I no, I I don't know. It might have, but I heard like I heard that. Uh, I don't know if the studio was so confident in it, and then they 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 realized that they had Michael J. Fox, this big star. So they're like, "Yeah, let's put this out now, while the strike while the iron's hot." Yeah, that would make sense. <sighs> I don't know. I'm down this episode. Thanks a lot, listeners. Thanks. I just want to thank. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. No emails. We're talking about the fucking Airbud. This is fucking terrible already. <laughs> Oh my god! Hey, let's move into good pop, bad pop. Let's talk about some actual shit. Uh, good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, Jake, I finished Rami season two. Did it get better? Um, there was, okay, it, what, there was one more funny episode. Um, so it didn't really, it wasn't as funny as the first season, but enough happened in it to make me like want to watch the third season. This second season was fucking dark, super dark. And I really, by the end of the season, was not a fan of the character. I didn't like the decisions that he made and he really needs a redemption arc. Um, and I don't know if that's where they're going towards, hopefully. They will, but like, man, he made some really terrible decisions. And I feel like everything that happened to Rami this season was deserved. Like he needs these things to happen to kind of like grow up. Like it's almost, oh my God, it's almost as bad as like what Bojack Horseman puts himself in, in that series. Like there, he just, he just, he's so selfish and only thinks of himself. And, um, hopefully this is a huge eye opener for him. Um, there was a hilarious episode, you know, his disabled friend, right? Yes. 
there's an episode where he has to jerk that guy off and it is pretty fucking funny. And that happened in the latter episodes. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, I did enjoy the rest of the season, but I do think that they have to find a balance here, like with the social issues and the funny, because I think there is a way to do it. And I'm not saying like, I don't know. I just, I feel like that first season was just so good. And the second season was just kind of like, it was, it was, it was, it was good to watch. And, it, but it felt more of a drama at times than it did like the first season of Rami where, where it was just, it was a perfect blend of like funny and then bringing social issues to light. So I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give the entire season a high taste it. Okay. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The first season felt like a modern sitcom, just in the in the way it was paced and the comedy that it presented. Just sounds like they go a lot heavier here, huh? Yeah, they really do. And it comes out of the gate really heavy, and then it finishes really heavy. And um, but man, I mean, there's a couple episodes in there that are just pure comedy, pure comedy gold. Um, you know, the one where he visits the oil sheik and. And the whole breast milk storyline was hilarious. And then, and then jerking off his friend was pretty fucking funny. But yeah, it was a pretty fucking happy season. So yeah, Rami season two, I really enjoyed. I, 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 I enjoyed it enough, but it was, yeah, I'll wait for season three. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it a high taste it, like I said. Um, watched and I, I don't know. Did you guys all get a chance to see the new Pete Davidson movie, The King of Staten Island? Yes. Yep. Uh, Scott Davidson has been a case of arrested development ever since his firefighter father died when he was seven. He's now reached his mid-twenties, having achieved little, chasing a dream of becoming a tattoo artist that seems far out of reach. As his ambitious younger sister uh, heads off to college, uh, you know, th- that was played by Maud Apatow. That's Judd Apatow's daughter. Um, Michelle pointed that out to me when we watched it. Yeah, Scott is uh, living with his exhausted ER nurse mother, played by Marissa Tomei, and spends his day smoking weed, hanging with the guys. Oscar, played by Ricky Velez from Master of None. Igor, uh, Moises Arias from Five Feet Apart. And I think he was in The Kings of Summer, but I could be wrong. Uh, and Richie, uh, from Lou, uh, played by Lou Wilson from TV's The Guest Book, and uh, secretly hooks up with his childhood friend Kelsey, uh, played by Belle Pally from Apple TV Plus's The Morning Show. Uh, <clears throat> but when his mother starts dating a loudmouth firefighter named Ray, played by Bill Burr, uh, it sets off a chain of events that will force Scott to grapple with his grief and take his first tentative steps towards moving uh, moving forward in life. The film also stars Steve Buscemi. You know how it's pronounced Steve Buscemi? I always said Steve Buscemi. It's pronounced Steve Buscemi. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that this over the past couple of weeks. It's it's Steve Buscemi. They they talked to him on a podcast or something. Uh I, I was listening to the radio one morning and they were like, Ah, oh, we've been pronouncing his name all wrong this year. Steve Buscemi, uh, Steve Buscemi, as everybody called him, was in an interview and he was like, you know, no, it's it's pronounced Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. It's a good way to make headlines, just say your name is pronounced a different way. Well, back in the line, probably, probably making the rounds, doing interviews, you know, press junkets about this movie, you know, and yeah. everybody's calling him Steve Buscemi. And he's like, oh, let me set the record straight. It's Buscemi. 
Anyway, uh, he plays Papa, a veteran firefighter who takes Scott under his wing, and Pamela Adlon uh, plays Ray's uh, ex-wife, Gina. The King of Staten Island is directed by Judd Apatow uh, from a script by Apatow, uh, Davidson, uh, and former SNL writer Dave Sirus. Davidson joined SNL when he was just 20 years old and has since appeared in numerous TV shows, including Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Jim Gaffigan Show. He also had a big part in the aforementioned train wreck and has earned critical raves for his performance in the comedy Big Time Adolescence. So, Jake, uh, what did you think of this of this movie kind of loosely based on, on Pete Davidson's real life. I mean, his father was a firefighter that died during nine 11. Yeah. I liked this quite a lot. This was, this was a Tupperware for me. I, I thought it was kind of a perfect, perfect movie. I haven't really seen a movie like this in a long time. I can't even think of what to compare it to, but just like, it just had a really interesting narrative and style and flow. And I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen too many, Judd Apatow movies, so maybe it's the way Judd Apatow movies are. I yeah, there's not movies. many Judd Apatow movies. He's he's done, I'm, and I'm sure you've seen most of them. Uh, he he did. No, I haven't. I really haven't. You like, haven't, I haven't seen, seen the big one. You haven't seen. You've seen Trainwreck. That's the only other one I've seen. You've never seen Knocked Up or the Forty Year Old Virgin. No. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I really. I just like the way this movie flowed, where it was like kind of a bunch of vignettes or a bunch of short stories all just kind of sewn together and i don't know it was just the perfect pacing to me i thought it was very emotional it it was interesting from a writing standpoint how they decided to have it so close to what really happened to pete davidson but yet altered a little bit like i wonder what made them make those decisions like you know instead of being a comedian he's a tattoo artist and instead of you know the way his father dies being just a little bit altered and different so i i just wonder from a writing standpoint why they just didn't go all the way with it at that point and make it a complete autobiography of a movie so that was really fascinating but and i just loved all the different side characters i thought all the acting was just so fantastic marissa tomei bill burr um and all the different guest stars uh robert schmiegel was the guy who was the pharmacy owner if you didn't notice that um I thought the only time there was a really bad, clunky guest performance was when Machine Gun Kelly was one of the uh, tattoo store owners. And you could tell he has no acting experience, and he was just awful. Like, the only time one of the guest-starring people was really a glaring annoyance for me. But What'd you think yeah, about, What did you think about Action Bronson playing the guy who got stabbed or shot? or We don't know the story. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. I just love this movie. It was one, not that I've seen tons of movies this year, you know, given the circumstance, but this was one of the best movies I've seen all year. And I was really surprised by that because I kind of sneered at most Judd Apatow movies that I've seen. Yeah, but he doesn't have that many movies and you've only seen like one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got like six or seven movies and you've seen one. Funny people. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Dude, 40 Year Old Virgin is his best movie. It is, yeah. it is fantastic. It is so funny. 40 Year Old yeah, Virgin. You, see, you know what? I always thought that that was like, he was like a cartoon character in that movie, like almost comparing it to like Will Ferrell and Anchorman. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that it's actually like 
it, it is a comedy, but it's it's dramatic. Like he's a real man that you yeah. feel real emotion for. It's not. Oh just my like, god! And some great performances by Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, and it is. I think it's. I think it's just fucking hilarious. Fuck. And, and yeah. w- former guest, what was his name? What was that fucking guy's name? <laughs> What's that guy's name? We had him on the show. It was terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I for, I for, I'm glad I forget his name, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name. We, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He he was terrible on, on our episode. He, he got really snooty with us, too, which was just absolutely hilarious. But, yeah, I these movies are on my bucket list. You know, I like I said, I just kind of confused the type of comedy they were and thought they were just a bit more slapsticky and just goofy. But if they're anything like this, I, I need to check out all of his movies. Well, definitely check out the 40 year old virgin. I think it is a little bit sillier than this, but it's, it's definitely, it's fucking funny. Yeah. Winkler, you've seen 40 year old virgin, right? Oh man. It's one of my, uh, one of my favorites. It's so good. It's so good. And you can it's- tell like Apatow is like this guy. Um, he loves comedy and like he has like you can tell like he grew up on movies like the jerk and stuff like that it's like a love letter to kind of like that type of comedy dude 100 percent agree with you like after seeing 40 year old virgin and like knocked up like you can tell that this guy knows comedy like he knows what he's doing and um i just think he just puts everybody in such a fantastic position to just be so funny yeah yeah yeah. What what do you think of this one, Winkler? Oh man, like big time. I think Pete Davidson really impressed me with this one. Like after seeing Big Time Adolescence recently, um it was easy to see that he could act, but this was I feel like the first time he took on a main lead and carried it on his shoulders. And um that's not to say there weren't like a great cast of supporting roles like you mentioned, like Marissa Tomei, Steve Buscemi and uh, Bill Burr, among others. But, you could uh, still call, you know, yeah. like, still call him Buscemi. He's not listening. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? mean? It sounds like weird saying. It sounds, yeah, it sounds fucked up saying Buscemi, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> but um, just call yeah, him with all of them, I still think Pete Davidson like carried the way, and um, the fact that he also was involved in writing the movie too impressed me. So, yeah, like. It's loosely based on his real life, and you could tell, like, it's very personal for him. And I uh, thought that was, like, a great touch for the movie. But, um. Sorry, guys, I got a, do- I got a dog barking over here. I'm, I'm at my sister's <laughs> house, and I'm dog sitting, and the cat is in. Yeah, this is real fucking professional. This is the reasons why we're not getting emails and fucking iTunes reviews. I fucking get it. You got dogs. It's like a fucking circus over there, man. And all this shit going on over here. None of these, the dog hates Pete Davidson, obviously. None of these yeah. dogs are going to be casting air, but they don't do anything but fucking bark and poop. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now they're mad at the cat. The cat's sleeping in the the bed, the little you know dog bed. And and hissing at him. Yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah there's. Damn, some... sounds like the cat might be the dick in this situation. I don't know. The cat. My sister's cat is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the cat is an asshole. The cat does not like me. I give the cat treats. I try to pet the cat. The cat hisses at me. Very. It doesn't like men. Doesn't like men. Yeah, I know. I've been me tooed by the fucking cat. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cats, some cats can be really weird like that. Like, they just like their owners. They like the owners or, or women. Sorry I don't have a vagina. 
All right, sorry. I just yelled at the cat. Um. <laughs> I'm sure that'll calm the situation down. Yeah, no. A cat has no idea that I'm yelling at the cat. Um, let's see. I uh, oh, I was, sorry, Winkler, I cut you off. Oh no, it's all what uh what I was gonna say is um like the main word like that I can use to describe the King of Staten Island is authentic. And um the relationships in the movie between Scott and his mother, his sister, uh Bill Burr's character of Ray, his group of stoner friends. Um, like I've been in these situations in life, whether it be arguing with my mom's boyfriend or getting into it with my sister or getting a tattoo from my friend in a basement. Like I just thought it was like really authentic and I thought it really like rang true for a lot that I've been through as well. And, uh, I just think it was one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, one of the funniest parts was, um, Scott's relationship with Ray's children. So Ray has Scott since he's like, you know, low life and he doesn't do much. He has his, him walk his children to school every day. And I thought that was one of like the uh, shining moments of the movie. Although like a little part, I thought it was really great. But, um, I don't know. I think this movie was like full of one liners. It was really funny. And I think like kids that were my age when I saw a 40 year old version and I knocked up are going to be able to use one-liners from this movie like I use from those movies, like, moving forward. So, I don't know. I just thought it was, like, really great all around. The soundtrack was awesome. The acting was awesome. And the story was great, so. And you're rating it? A Tupperware. All right. That's how this show works. Gentlemen! Um, let's see here. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that this was... Uh, I thought this was a fantastic movie. You got a, you got a guy who's just like not growing up living with his mom and he's kind of like, you know, his dad died, dad died, firefighter, this fucking hero. And all he hears is these amazing stories about his father being this firefighter and, and saving people's lives and dying to save someone's life. And his whole life, he just can't live up to that. He can't live up to that. And, and he lost his father when he was seven and, uh, kind of uses that as an excuse not to kind of like grow up. And, uh, but I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, it stunted his development. It really did. And, and you can't kind of, I don't know, it's hard to judge somebody for that. Like there, there are, there are things that can happen to people that can stunt their development. Um, and, you know, and, and, and a, a lot of this did ring true for me as well. I feel like my sister was like, you know, a couple of years younger than me, but always like more mature. And my parents were always just like, you know, fucking, always oh, so proud of her and all this stuff. And like, you know, here I am. <laughs> but anyway, like I totally get it. Like, but I, I, I totally got that. That hit me like really, really hard. And then like the, the character is like, you know, he's, oh my God, when he's talking about, antidepressants when he's <laughs> when he's fucking his uh like not girlfriend his like i don't know like his um friend with benefits friend with benefits yeah like um and he's talking about how antidepressants like it takes forever for him to fucking come and sometimes he doesn't come i was just like holy sh- that is so fucking true people don't understand that people do not understand that like that is so Big fucking time. that is so fucking true like you can just you can be on antidepressants and it's like you got whiskey dick sometimes but you know on the flip side you can fuck for hours and you're like a god in the bedroom but so i guess that's a good thing but on the flip side you can't fucking get off either um it's, it's a chore you're like, uh, but anyway why did i wow i really went into that 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> that really hit home, huh? It did. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I've been there. It's like, fuck Christ. Um, man, it, I don't know. I, I love the relationship between this movie is two hours and 17 minutes long and it didn't feel long to me. I, 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 I've heard some people say like, Oh, this one felt long and they could have cut it down. Fuck off. I, I loved everything in this movie. Don't cut it down. I thought it was the perfect length. I, 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 I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I loved Bill Burr. I thought Bill Burr was fantastic in this movie. And, um, I just love, I love seeing kind of like, uh, the, the camaraderie in the firehouse. I thought that that was great. And then that kind that camaraderie kind of bleeds into, you know, Pete Davidson, his character, Scott in this. And he starts to find out that some of these guys knew his dad and he starts to learn some stories about his father. And it's kind of like a way for him to move on. I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought this whole movie was beautiful. I thought it was funny. Um, Many funny parts. I love the tattoos that he was giving people were ridiculous. He tries to tattoo a nine year old, you know, in the fucking park, you know, and then, and then like his buddy, his buddy Igor's got that tattoo of a cat with his ass facing you and the belly button is the asshole and it looked like a cat asshole. That kid's belly button looked like a cat's asshole. It was fucking, hel- speaking of asshole cats, this fucker down here. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the nine-year-old kid wanting the tattoo was hilarious. It cracked oh. me up that he got his pick of superheroes and he picked Punisher. That really made me chuckle too. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, I kept wanting him to like, you know, you know, I, I was hoping, I'm not spoiling anything here, but he's, he, you know, good artist, and I just I kind of want him to get into comic books, but you know, whatever, whatever. Ah, it's a dying field. Yeah, it's true. There's no money there. There's more money in tattoos. Yeah, but comic book people are good people. I thought this movie was intense when it needed to be intense as well, though. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all talking about how funny it was, but I thought like scenes like the robbery scene and a few others, you oh. know, when he went out yeah. with the firemen for the first time on the truck. We're actually very, like, emotionally intense as well. But the robbery scene even had moments of comedy in it with him texting multiple times and hearing the <laughs> with different him playing ring- Galaga and whatnot. Him yeah, playing Galaga and, and, and the different ringtones that kept going off. Like, the one was for the office theme song and, yeah. But even that went with the character and you kind of felt ba- like you, you know he's got the ADD and everything he's got going on. No, and, it, it, uh, it switched from comedy to tense. It was a, it was a good blend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really liked it a lot. Doesn't yeah. he also have the Crohn's disease in real life as well, too? Yeah. Oh, he, and he mentioned that in the movie. Yeah, he mentions it at the baseball game. I loved I how... It was one of the best scenes. <laughs> yes, and I loved how the his his friend with benefits, um, Kelsey, brought up the fact that he looks like sickly and if you touch him, he might die or something like that. <laughs> people into ash or some shit like well, that. Well, people have fucking gotten on him online talking about like the bags under his eyes, the dark circles under his eyes, saying he has butthole eyes and all this stuff. Um, he's a super polarizing celebrity. People really fucking hate Pete Davidson. People love him or hate him. Here's the thing. Like a lot of people from Staten Island hate him because he's gotten on podcasts. I've listened to him. I think like on Mark Marin. I, I could be wrong, but like he does not have like at least back then when I listened to that podcast, he does not have fond feelings for Staten Island itself or the people of Staten Island. I don't know if this was kind of like a, I don't know. 
you know, peace offering or something like that. But he just, he did not have fond feelings for the people of Staten Island. And I know like other celebrities that are from Staten Island, like Brian Quinn from the Impractical Jokers really took offense to some of his comments that he's made about Staten Island because Brian Quinn loves Staten Island. So I don't know. The only character in the movie that seemed to be pro Staten Island was his friend with benefits. Yeah. Yeah, I like how we call her friend with benefits. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't see anybody getting upset with us just calling this female actor friend with benefits character. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jake's awkward laugh. <laughs> no, I, it's pretty damn funny. <laughs> It's hard to talk about the character without spoiling the movie, though. You know what I'm saying? Well, we can say, we can call her by her name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're just calling her friend with benefits. <laughs> you know, we, we start calling her FWB. Yeah, we just we shorten it. You know, we get really lazy. <laughs> you know, we call. Oh, I like it. Whatever. Like we're it. we're calling Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. Fuck off. We can do what we want here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this episode's terrible. Um. Yeah, I loved it. I loved this fucking movie. I thought it was fantastic. It's twenty dollar rental though, Jake. Yeah. Ouch. That this one really hits in the pocketbook. I, I mean, I guess yeah. I get it. It was supposed to be theatrically, and it, it about equals the cost of two movie tickets. So as long as you're watching it with one other person, it you know it's the same price as going to the movie theater. But but of course it's you know up to what you have at home as far as your TV and audio quality. Yeah. You know. And is, oh, go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say fuck Universal for pulling this from drive-ins at the last minute. Yeah. yeah, they did it. They really did a really shitty 180 there. It really sounds like they changed their mind last minute and made this VOD exclusive move. Yeah, but it's like and people had bought had tickets for this. Drive-ins. People yeah, had bought tickets had for this. Fandango and everything. They, they were showing up to the fucking drive-in and they had to turn people away. Yes. Can you imagine like some people driving certain distances to get to the drive-in to see this movie with, you know, you know, friends and, and, and maybe people from work or whatever? And then being turned away, and then like, what what do the drive-ins do at that point? Do they give them like a coupon for a free, you know, movie, or or you know, like next time you come, you get free popcorn or something like that? It's like you're fucking over these drive-ins, Universal. I, I think it's pure bullshit that they did that. And I understand that like with with the theaters, they get less of a cut on the profit. They get they get uh, they get fifty percent, and with the VOD, they get 80%, and then the 20% goes to, like, the streamer, whoever you get it through, Vudu or Redbox or Fandango or Apple iTunes or whatever. But I, I think it's – I think that was a fucking dick move. Yeah, yeah I and, agree. And like you said about exclusivity, like, that shouldn't – I mean, I guess that it matters, like, with um, corporations and stuff, production companies. But with these drive-in theaters, like – this is like could be like the biggest weekend of the year for these people who haven't had a business, you know what I mean? Like granted it fell during the off season, but like this is their time to like pick back up and get business going and they just ruined a lot of people's like especially uh, with the coronavirus you know? going on. Like the only way that right. a lot of theaters are open right now um is cuz I, I know, well, I don't know. So I guess in some states 
their opening. But here, um, we're not getting an, getting them open until into, like AMC's not talking about opening up until sometime in July. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, like you know, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the, the the big releases in July. But go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, you, you're absolutely right. Like Universal really did screw the pooch here. And I bet more than normal, a lot of people did drive from a long way to see this at drive-ins. Because yes. it's really the first big movie studio release in a long time. Yeah. 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 I agree. And, yeah, it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit. So uh, Bill and Ted, Face the Music trailer came out. And uh, we kind of saw this one coming. Alex Winter uh, recently tweeted, uh, quote, Tuesday is Bill and Ted Day, just saying. And this was in response to, you know, fans asking when's, when is the trailer going to drop. And then the film's official account also said strange things are afoot, along with retweeting Winter's statement. And so Tuesday dropped, uh, Tuesday came, and then they dropped the Bill and Ted Face the Music uh, trailer, which uh, centers on Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, who are now fathers and have yet to fulfill their rock and roll destinies. Their lives change when they are visited by a messenger from the future who warns them that their only so- that only their song can save life as we know it. Joining Winters and Reeves, our newcomers star Samara Weaving, uh, Bridget Lundy Payne and Bill and Ted, uh, as Bill and Ted's daughters, respectively. The film uh, will also feature Anthony Kerrigan, Jillian Bell from Workaholics, Kristen Shaw, uh, Holland Taylor, uh, Kid Cootie, Aaron Hayes, Jama Mays, and Beck Bennett from SNL. Uh, William Sadler is also set to reprise his role as Death. Alongside franchise returners, uh, Amy Stock and Hal London Jr. Um, original creators, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon have penned the script. And then Dean Parasot, uh, I mean, these guys have been attached for years. We've been talking about this movie since we started the podcast, but Dean Parasot, the director from Galaxy Quest, is directing this one. It's gonna be released on August 21st of this year. And the trailer was short, but I do want to know your thoughts on this one. Um, Winkler, you're younger than us. You probably didn't grow up with Bill and Ted. Have you seen these movies? Uh, yeah, I have seen Bill and Ted. Um, I haven't seen all of them, so I've seen the first one. So um, I know I'm probably not like the best candidate to like talk about the trailer, but... Um, I think I really liked it a lot. I think the uh, idea of them, like, having a council in the future, giving them a shot of, like, reality, saying, like, hey, now you guys are playing a show of 40 people at a $2 Taco Tuesday. Like, you guys need to figure this out. And uh, to give them a shot to do that, especially with, like, them having kids and stuff now and uh, the adventures they can have kind of going back in time and interacting with themselves... I just think it's going to be a fucking hilarious idea of a movie. And I don't know if they could maybe introduce like alternate timelines and stuff to make it less easy for them. But, uh, but besides that, I mean, I just, I'm definitely going to check it out. I think they have introduced an alternate timeline. I'll get into that here in a moment. Jake, what did you think about the Bill and Ted face the music trailer? Uh, I thought it was a pretty terrible trailer. Actually. I, I, it kind of disappointed me. I'm still excited for this movie, and maybe this is just a small tease. 
but nothing here really had me just hyped. Like I, I found it boring and humorless for the most part. And I'm going to give this trailer a toss it. Um, I'm okay. I, I could think the movie could still be a Tupperware. I mean, it's, it's a comedy and the way you do trailers for comedies is just always so different. I mean, you, maybe they're just holding everything back, but I don't know. There was nothing here that really got me pumped at all. It was, if you only have a minute 20, I think you should at least have some laughs in your trailer. Um, I think we're, I think the laughs will come. I, I really do. I, I think this was just kind of, I think this was just a teaser trailer, just like a teaser trailer. I think like once we get the second trailer, hopefully there will be a lot more laughs. They've been holding onto this script forever. This is the same script that Math, Matheson and Solomon have been teasing for years. They've been teasing this script for years. Jake, we've been talking about this movie since the inception of the fucking podcast, Bill and Ted 3. Oh, yeah. I remember sitting next to Jay and talking to you through Skype and talking about this movie. Yeah. The first 25 episodes, for sure. So I'm definitely still uh excited for this movie. I just, I don't know. There was so much hype for this trailer with the whole social media Bill and Ted Day thing going on. That I just had, I guess, too high expectations for what I was going to see. And I just saw two old guys dressed like Bill and Ted and nothing made me laugh. What made it's like these guys haven't changed. That's what I really loved about this being like I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. I loved Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, saw it in the theater, saw Bogus Journey. Uh, in the theater back in 91 with Jay. Me and Jay, me and Jay went to the theater. Jay, uh, leftover Jay went to the theater and watched this as 13 year olds. And I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. I love Bill and Ted. And what I loved about this is like the essence of the characters like is still there. Like they, they're still looking for ways to cheat this. They're, they're, they're wanting to go into the future and and steal the song from the future versions of themselves. And I think that that is just so, I, it goes along with like the original movie with like just taking historical figures from time to do their fucking report so they can pass the report, you know? And like, and it, it also, it's like we saw alternate versions of them in, you know, the first movie they, they encountered themselves with Rufus. And then in the second movie, they encountered the robot evil us's. And, um, and in this one, they're gonna encounter the Bill and Ted, the alternate future versions of themselves that they're wanting to steal a song from that turn out to be guys that are in prison that are hardcore, like fucking, like just buff meatheads. And, uh, I wanna hear what those guys sang because, like, <laughs> Because and what I think it was Ted had a fucking tattoo that just said "excellent" going across his stomach, and <laughs> I just and and they got in that scene in the trailer they're talking about well you know that song was a little darker than I thought it would be and so like these guys like there's been interviews with you know the writers and oh no it was an interview with. Keanu Reeves when he talked to Entertainment Weekly and he said here's 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 the quotes that they said about this movie 
Um, this is what Keanu Reeves said. He was at the convention. He gave more details about it. He said, the future comes back and says, if you don't want to write the song by this certain time, the universe is going to unravel and history and everything is going to change and dinosaurs are going to walk the earth. Jesus is playing baseball. All sorts of weird things start unraveling and wormholes are twisting. We have to kind of bring order back and it's connected into bringing our families together by writing a song. I mean, it's edgy. There's a great scene where Bill and Ted are in jail and we're seeing our future us's and they're all tatted and hard. They're like tough sounding. And um, they want to beat up Bill and Ted because they've inherited the life that they fucked up. They're miserable and they hate Bill and Ted. There's some funny stuff. And that, that was quotes from Keanu Reeves. And so like this, and that, that was from like three, four years ago. Um, yeah. I remember talking about this on the show, like way back when. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this movie just kind of teased like a little bit of kind of like how these guys have kind of skated by for so long. It's put up or shut up now. They've skated by for so long. And even when they're in the council there in the future and like, you know, in the first movie, they go that, you know, you know, um, be excellent to each other and party on, you know, and like, and like all the people just have like this reverence for Bill and Ted. They fucking do it here. And everybody's just like, you guys, are fucking 50 and you haven't written the song yet and the whole future of what could be of the world united in peace is going to fucking unravel if you do not make this song um i totally get it though like the trailer teases these things that i'm looking forward to but on the flip side it didn't give me all the funny so i am going to taste it i just can't see them not I can't see fucking death not being funny. I, Sadler's great. I'm hoping we get station in this fucking movie. They, they haven't, they haven't even, um, like, dude, I, I want to know who Missy's dating. You know, oh, for sure. Cause in the first movie, she's with fucking Bill's, uh, Bill's mom in the second, uh, Bell, uh, Bill's mom, Bill's father. In the second movie, she's fucking with Ted's father. Dude, she'll be with death in this movie. I'm thinking she's with death. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I think, I think she's dating death. Yeah. I think your review is very fair, Brian. I, I think I'm a little bit desensitized to the biggest draw of this trailer, which is just the thematics of it all and the shock of seeing that this is a movie that's actually happen, happening like on the screen. So just knowing that this was coming for three plus years now, I think has really just desensitized me to the excitement and the shock of seeing just kind of a bland first trailer for it. Well, I mean, they didn't show a lot. We didn't get anything really from death. We didn't even get to see his daughters in this at all. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to see. And I think like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of nostalgia. There's going to be a lot of callbacks to previous movies, but I mean, I think they can do it in a funny way. I'm still not out on this movie and you're not either. I can hear that. I can hear that from you that I wasn't super impressed by the trailer. Um, but like it's, it's another one of those fucking things where it's like, how, what's too much? 
are you going to give us the best jokes in the trailer or like, like what's too much? Like, where do we stop? I think Bill and Ted is a, I think they have their fan base. I think it's like a, a decent enough sized fucking franchise to where they, they know that, that, that the people that want to see this are going to come out and see this. And like, you know, fathers are going to bring their, their sons and daughters and mothers are going to bring their sons and daughters and everything that they grew up with it. They're going to take their kids out to see it. And the kids might want to watch the originals and they can check them out on Amazon prime. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think the movie will, will do fine. I, as I think the movie, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, if I had to guess, I think the movie's going to be pretty good. I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, is this going to be VOD? What's going on with this? No, it's theatrical release in August. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this comes that's out the case. Yeah, this comes out August 21st in theaters. Yeah, it, it, I'll be excited to see it. I, I really hope you're right and that they've got a good solid script or otherwise why would they have held on to it and still done it all these years later? Mhm. I wonder who I wonder who um uh is it what's his name? Beck Beckett. What's his name? Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett. I wonder who he's playing. I wonder if he's playing um, Bill's younger brother. No, he's... Uh, I don't know. I want to know who he's playing in this whole movie. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting that you said Kid Cudi was going to be in this movie. I had no idea about that. Is it Kid Cudi? Who the fuck is Kid Cudi? It's like he's a, whose he, music was playing at the end of King of Staten Island. Okay, I'm not. I'm, I'm not familiar with this shit. I'm he does that old. pursuit of happiness song that they played at the end of that movie. Oh, right on. I had no idea. I, kid, I call him Kid Cootie. I have no idea what the fuck is who he is. <laughs> He's got the cooties. I don't know. It's fucking. I'm old, man. I don't know. I was fucking listening to Queen before we recorded. I don't know who the fuck Kid Cuddy is or Cootie or. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen him act in anything. So I wonder what's going on with that. He's a musician, and these guys are musicians. I'm just putting that together. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just much like the Faith No More guys being in the second one or anything else. Yeah. Oh, oh, who? No, there was another band in that. They had the Battle of the Bands in the second one. Was it? Who the fuck was the other? Oh God, there's a big band in there. I want to say it's not Soundgarden. I can't remember. Fuck it, man. This episode's terrible. I can't remember shit. I I like the trailer. I didn't love it. Would you, if you had to rate this one, Jesus Christ, these dogs. Um, if you had to rate this one, um, Winkler, what would you rate it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't rate it, but I didn't feel like without seeing both of them, if it was cool if I did. But, I don't give um, a fuck. I mean, just from seeing the trailer, I'd, I'd definitely watch it. I'd give it a taste it. Taste it. Right on. That's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie. I'm looking forward to the movie. I hope, I, I, uh, I hope it's good. I hope it's fantastic. What the fuck? Like for you guys, like the number two is obviously like a must watch, right? For me, it is. I don't like the second one very much. Oh, I love the second one. I don't love it as much as the first one, but I still love it. It's a lot of fun. There's, there's some great moments in that movie. Yeah, there's definitely some funny stuff. It's not as big of a drop off as like Ghostbusters Two is from Ghostbusters, but it's still not as good as the first one, and just uh, has kind of its moments. Yeah. Like the death stuff is hilarious. The yeah, death contest stuff. Playing Twister and Battleship, and I, I love that. That was so funny. 
Oh, man. Anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got more good pop, bad pop to, to talk about. I, I, these dogs are driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> We've all heard of the Dollar Shave Club, and I'm excited to tell you that I just joined the club. I met an old man downtown who I believe was a consultant for Dollar Shave Club. For just $1, he led me up to the corner of Benton and Riverside and asked around for Rusty Razor Rick. And once he crept out from behind his office dumpster, I just handed Mr. Razor $1 and let me tell you, this guy shaved everything. I am a hairless goddess. So anyways, I guess that's how you join the Dollar Shave Club. I asked him about a monthly subscription, but he assured me that there's really no need. You can just go up to his office. You just have to open and slam the dumpster lid, and that's going to wake up the raccoons that he uses as blankets. And then he's ready to roll. You just have to be alone. That is very important. Welcome to the club. All right, hey, we're back. Jesus Christ, so is the cat in that fucking box. Did you hear that? I thought you were slamming your fist in excitement at being back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to be back to listeners that don't participate in a contest or iTunes reviewers or emails. Thank you. Yeah. I sound like a little cunt this episode, like a little baby. Like a little baby. <laughs> that's, that's crucial, though. <laughs> giving out, you could, the only person that could have entered could have just won the damn thing for being the only person that entered. Yeah. Jake, you won, though. You're a fucking winner. You're a big winner. I'm excited. I didn't have to Google it either. You didn't have to Google nothing. You just said it, and you fucking won. Winkley, you're, you're a fucking winner, too. Yeah, but I'm a loser and a winner because I had to Google it. You had I'm to sorry. Google it. Does, does that come with Jake a took my copies? quote. <laughs> yeah, I took the quote. <laughs> Which a lot of people get wrong, surprisingly. It's like the, one of those Mandela effect shits. Yeah, did I say it wrong? Yeah, it no, doesn't no, matter. You still wrong. won. You did something. <laughs> he, did it. He, he, he said we're gonna need a bigger boat and brian's like well you don't get one you fucking asshole <laughs> yeah, here's my quote i've been slimed yeah i'm in jaws there you go it doesn't matter you can say anything <laughs> you could have said anything you said i'm richard dreyfus and this is mr holland's opus <laughs> I think the kick ass and chew bubble gum. Yeah, you could have fucking quote They Live by John Carpenter starring Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David. I don't care. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I got nothing from the listeners. No you got plans for a new Jaws movie right there. Oh yeah, crossover appeal for sure. What the fuck? I mean, it's a fucking free prize. A fucking free prize, Jake. No, I'm I'm very excited. I I'm a huge Spielberg fan, and Jaws is like the beginning, right? I mean, Duel came first, but yeah, Jaws was yeah. the theatrical release. Theatrical release is the, the summer blockbuster. It's the first summer blockbuster. Jeez. Yeah. Mom oh. used to talk about it all the time. She said they were afraid to go to the beach after that movie came out. I was afraid. Like the, be- the beaches were empty. I was afraid to fucking go in a swimming pool. I mean, that's how much that movie scared me. I, it fucking terrified me. Um, oh, I looked up the band, uh, in the Battle of the Band scene, uh, in Bill and Ted Poison. 2. No, it was Primus. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Les Claypool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Primus. It was Primus. Um, yeah, I remember like watching that years later and being like, oh my God, that's fucking Primus. Like before they were, like before I knew who Primus was, you know what I mean? Yeah, most famous now probably for the South, South Park, Park theme. theme song. Yeah, I uh, man, I Les Claypool. I don't know. I fucking love that band. I think Primus is incredible. 
Yeah, there's a couple. There's like a series of three Primus albums right there in the pork soda, Tales from the Seas of Cheese era that are just basically perfection. Yeah. Oh man, I I watched a movie called End of Sentence, and uh, it's uh, it's about after being widowed, Frank Fogel reluctantly embarks on a journey to honor his wife's last wish of spreading her ashes in a remote lake in her native Ireland, and a promise of taking his uh, of of taking his estranged son Sean along for the trip. As Sean steps out of prison, the last thing on his mind is a foreign road trip with his alienated father. What he needs is a fresh start in California, but when his travel plans collapse, he reluctantly accepts his father's proposal in return for a ticket to the West Coast and a promise that they never have to see each other again. Between a disconcerting Irish wake, the surfacing of an old flame, the pickup of a pretty hitchhiker, and and plenty of unresolved – Jesus Christ, that cat in that box Um, – and plenty of unresolved issues, the journey becomes a little more than a father – than father and son had bargained for. This is directed by Elfar Adelsons. He's directed a bunch of shit I've never fucking seen. This is the first movie that I've ever fucking seen. Uh, It stars John Hawks as Frank Fogel. John Fox, he was in – what was it? What was it? What was that Danny McBride show? Eastbound and Down. He was in that one. He played his brother in that. Logan Lerman's also in this one. He plays Sean. Um, I'm not going to talk about this one too much. I thought this movie was fucking fantastic. I'm going to give it an absolute Tupperware. I really loved this movie. Um, oh, God. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Uh, you've got uh, Logan Lerman who just just gets out of prison. His mom died. She died of cancer. And um, her last wish was to uh, have her ashes spread in this lake in Ireland. Uh, she's originally from Ireland. And so, you know, the husband, uh, he, he, you know, he's like, he promised her that on her, you know, as her dying wish that he's going to take, you know, their son and they're going to spread her ashes. But the, it's, it's this, this trip is just kind of like you've got a son who doesn't want to be there, just got out of prison, has a job waiting for him in California. And for ex-cons, getting a job is very difficult and has a job waiting for him. And uh, if he doesn't get back in, to California in three days, he's going to lose out on this job. So uh, while they're there, they... They, they go to a, they, they stop overnight. They go to this, they go to this hotel. There's a, there's a bar in the hotel and, and, uh, Sean meets, uh, Sean meets this woman, this girl and, um, they start to kind of like hit it off and flirt and blah, 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 blah. And they end up, uh, she, she's going somewhere and they're gonna, they're gonna take her. She's the hitchhiker that they take. And, um, Things just do not work out on this trip. There's a whole, like, I don't want to spoil too much about this one, but there's this whole kind of, like, story about, like, did the mother, was she holding on to an old flame? And it, it, it Frank, played by John Hawks, finds out about an old flame that she had. Was she holding on to this old flame? Was he second best? He's finding all this stuff out after her death. He spent 27 years with this woman. And he's finding out about this old flame that she had. Was he second best? And it was, and, and then, and then there's this whole, you know, relationship between him and his son that's been just broken. And like, can they, can they bring it together? Can they, can they, can they forgive and forget? I, I love this movie. I thought there were parts that were just funny. I, I thought that there were parts that were sweet and tender. And, um, 
I think they did a great job as far as like character development with both of the characters in this movie. I Tupperware the fuck out of this one. It's called End of Sentence. Logan Lerman, John Hawks. It's really good. It's really good. It's on VOD right now. Uh, it'll probably be on like Amazon or something in the future. So look out for this one. End of sentence. Fantastic. I watched Crossing Swords on Hulu. I, I know. Jake, did you get to see any of this? I watched the first two episodes. Okay. I watched. Okay. Winkler, how much did you watch? Yeah, I watched the first three. First three. Crossing Swords follows Patrick, a good-hearted peasant who lands a coveted squire position at the royal castle. His dream job quickly turns into a nightmare when he learns his beloved kingdom is run by a hornet's nest of horny monarchs, crooks, and charlatans. Even worse, Patrick's valor made him the black sheep in the family, and now his criminal siblings have returned to make his life hell. War, murder, full frontal nudity. Who knew brightly colored peg people led such exciting lives? This is stop motion animation from uh, John Harvatine the Fourth and Tom Root, both from uh, Adult Swim's Robot Chicken, and it's got in a just an insane cast here. Nicholas Holt plays Patrick. Luke Evans is the king. Uh, Adam Pally is in this. Tara Strong. Tony Hale. Seth Green. Maya Erskine, who I love. Yvette Nicole Brown. Brecken Meyer. Uh, just an insane cast. Uh, Wendy McLendon Covey from Reno 911. Ben Schwartz. Rob Corddry. Just, just an insane voice cast. Um, Winkler, what did you think about, uh, crossing source? This is, yeah, stop motion animation. They're like little wooden peg people. They look like little Duplo figures or something. And it's all set in medieval times with dragons and, and all this shit. What did you think about crossing swords on Hulu? Oh, I really had fun with this one, man. Uh, like you said, the creators of Robot Chicken, um, the humor is right up my alley with all the cursing and all the raunchy shit about sex and, all that type of stuff, but um, the stop motion animation really works for me here. I don't, I'm not like a big fan of stop action or stop motion, but um, this this worked fucking flawlessly. And uh, the kid Ian, who's like the main character with just terrible siblings, all he wants to do is be a knight, and then he gets granted the opportunity to be the king's squire, and uh, <laughs> he shows up for like this contest to see who can be the best squire for the king and I just think how the show kicks off with that challenge with all the humor the fact that like I don't it's not spoiling much to say like uh, these kids are like hitting each other in the nuts to like knock each other out of the competition and he pulls like a buffalo bill and like tucks his balls between his legs which is like a flashback from when his sister used to beat the fucking shit out of him in the balls and uh he learned to tuck his balls so his sister couldn't do that and uh it's filled with a bunch of flashbacks like that where he's learned uh things throughout his life that he can use to become the king squire it's kind of like a slumdog millionaire of like ball taps and i thought that was like a fucking hilarious touch but uh yeah, I, I just think this show is fucking amazing. It kind of has, like, notes of, like, some South Park humor in it. And uh, the fact that they're all, like, little wooden peg toys, they kind of look like those little tykes toys. 
I just think it's fucking amazing, dude. And the storyline is awesome so far. So, so far, so good. I'm going to give this a Tupperware, man. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm three in, but I'm going to continue watching this all the way to the end. I've watched an episode and a half, and I fucking hate this show. I think it's so dumb. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you. <laughs> I, I did not like this show very much either. I thought um, there were definitely moments I laughed, um, but I thought the episodes could have been half. Like the, the second half of both episodes I watched was a lot better than the first half. And yeah. the animation just didn't do much for me either. I, I don't know. It was just like extreme South Park. Oh god! I don't even compare this to South Park. This is just like I like think the first four seasons that kind of vibe. Maybe yeah. I I don't yeah. I oh god. The comedy is subjective, and like I just I didn't laugh one single time in this entire. I watched an episode and a half, and I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I I this does not work for me at all. It's just like just not funny to me like it's just low-hanging fruit jokes and and i don't know i just i did not like this at all at all i give it a toss it i think it's terrible yeah i'm right there with you it has no endearing characters like there's really no one to root for no one to be emotionally invested in so it's just 22 minutes of crude humor yeah and once you get over like I would say 10 minutes of the animation you've, you've kind of seen it all. Like it doesn't really do any other big tricks. So I don't know. Like, and you can tell, like you can get on Twitter and tell me like, Oh dude, wait until episode four. It gets better. Like I'm, that'll never happen. I'm just letting you like episode four for me is like, so like it, it, that's so out of reach. That's like, like it might as well be like, I might as well be a fucking caveman striving to land on the moon at that point. Cause like that is not happening in that scenario. I will never get to the point where I get to episode four of crossing swords. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like you said, like, Oh wait, it gets better. It gets better. Like, no, like from me who actually, like I loved the first three episodes. I was just laughing my ass off. Yeah. But- like you said, it is just fucking stupid. Like it's <laughs> downright stupid as hell. And that, I think that's why I might like like it. Like, like I don't know, yeah. it's something to throw on and just laugh at. Like it's fucking stupid as hell. I get it, but dude. I won't sit there and say like, uh, "Well, we'll wait till episode three. It really picks up." No, no, no. Like, <laughs> episode one is where it is the whole season. Like if you don't like episode one, turn it off fucking now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh God. I don't, yeah. It just feels like what, like one segment of Robot Chicken should be. Instead, somehow it's a whole series. Like it's, I don't know. It has no novelty for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I, and I was so much looking forward to this one too. Like I was talking about it on previous episodes. Like, oh my God. Crossing Swords. It looks so funny. Oh my, it's on bro- paper. It, it sounds like it could be good. The robot chicken guys, Jake. Oh my god, I can't wait. Oh my god. And there's like, in, like, there's like, they don't have anything holding them back. You know what I mean? Adult swim, they can't drop F bombs and shit. And if they do, they get bleeped. And nothing holding yeah, them back. No nudity. Yeah, no nudity. Oh, the nudity in this. The nudity in this is bizarre. actually ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> god. Yeah, you see it all, full frontal, both man and woman. And I love Adam Pally. His character's name is Broth. 
yes, yes. His character was basically just there doing like one-liners to whatever situation was going on. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I loved how like the mother was explaining to Ian, like the kid, she was like, "Your brothers and sisters have went on to do great things. Look at your sister." And there's a picture of her on the wall as a pirate. She's like. <laughs> Her career has went on. She's a manager for a shipping company. And he's like, no, she's a fucking pirate and just steals everybody's shit. She's like, well, some can think of it as a different way. Or like, I don't know, just dumb shit. I just feel like these guys got really high one night watching Game of Thrones and wrote this script, this on the back of like a fucking DiGiorno's pizza box or something. This is just like, I fucking do. I do not like this show at all. Jake, I am out. I am out, dude. Yeah, me too. Me too. I knew two episodes in that these would be the only two episodes of the show that I would watch. I knew after the first episode. And and then it took me – I tried the second episode twice to get back – to try to finish it. And I got, <laughs> I got like 15 minutes in and I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is hurting my brain. Yeah, maybe if these episodes were 12 minutes, I could plow through this, but – Full-length episodes of this material. Ugh. The, oh, this show could be on Quibi, and I'd be fucking done. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> These episodes could be thirty seconds a piece, and I don't think I could watch an eight-episode season. I'd be out, man. This is like, I don't, it, it, I'm I'm not trying to knock you, Winkler. I'm glad that you're digging it, and I know that there are people that there are people that are digging it. It's just, this is, this is not my kind of comedy. Nah, yeah, I, I mean, I get it, dude. Like, dude, like there are people, said, you know, now I get it for everybody, but now I understand why you listen to this fucking show, our show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like the equivalent of this bullshit. The Crossing Swords of Podcast. <laughs> we, we are the only people that find this funny, Jake, are the fucking people that love the show that we hate. Of oh, the irony. <laughs> our, our, our comedy level is on the same par as this show that I can't stand. It's a nightmare, man. It's a nightmare, man. Not good, not good. It's not. We, we need to introduce nudity into the show. That's all we're missing. <laughs> Every show I'm nude. Nobody, I'm but no, it's audio only, so. <laughs> I'm fucking strutting around naked the entire episode. Um, I, casters, like, working in the, uh, COVID-19, they're all just wearing, like, boxers while they're on live television. Yeah, exactly. What was it? Christopher Reeves' son. The, the, he had like the camera down too low and he was only in his boxers. He was like wearing a suit or some <laughs> shit, but he had no fucking pants on. He just had boxers on. I, I don't know. I thought that that was, I thought it made him a little bit more personable. You know what I mean? Or, or, or like a human, real, like a, like just like a real person. It humanizes yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really relaxes the clients. Mm-hmm. Mm. Boxers relax your balls, bro. Oh yeah, definitely. This is where we go into our me undies ad. Mm. Yeah. Let's do our MeUndies ad. Boxers. I've been wearing, like, boxer briefs for the last, like, five, six years. Yeah. And I put on a pair of boxers the other day that I found in, like, the bottom of my dresser when I had to do laundry. Yeah. Fucking wore them for a day. I felt more free than I have in the yes. last six years. It it's, was intense. It's freedom, bro. It's freedom. It's freedom. It is. It totally, it's freedom. 
I mean, I, boxer briefs, like, it's that middle ground. Like, I, white, tidy whiteies are just like, it's just, it's strangling your fucking balls. No. It's strangling your balls. Tidy white, I cannot do tidy whiteies. They just strangle your fucking balls, man. And like, boxer briefs is kind of like, it's like at the middle ground. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like a light auto erotic asphyxiation on your balls. You know what I mean? It's like David Kerrigan, like after he took a couple of NyQuil, like after he downed some NyQuil and he just didn't have it in him to choke himself out too hard, you know? Um, <laughs> but boxer, boxer briefs, it's just like, it's like the hands just come off the neck and, and you, you, you just, your balls can breathe. Your balls can breathe. They're free, Jake. They're free. Oh, it's glorious. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful fucking thing. Jesus Christ, crossing swords can eat a dick. What a fucking <laughs> what a terrible show. Is crossing swords itself a dick joke? It's gotta it's got like crossing the streams. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, what, yeah. What uh, like docking. Is that a th- you know what I mean? What a, yeah. what a, docking is a dumb act. <laughs> like if you looked at, is it, is it, it's just what like the dicks are just poking each other, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, tip, tip, tip the tip. Tip right? the tip, docking? I'm not Googling it, so if we're wrong, we're wrong. Who the fuck? No, it's, it's when an uncircumcised penis opens his hatch and lets a circumcised penis dock his. Oh, that's penis. right. Yeah. Is so that really like, what it is? Yeah, you're like parking yeah, your dick sure, in yeah. the uncircumcised penis. Dude, what are you doing there? Just hang out? You just, dude, it's like, it, like, Park, dude. It's 60 it, bucks a day, dude. It would look like a fucking, like, it would kind of look like a, I don't know, like a veiny set of finger cuffs. Okay, I follow you. That's a good vision. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese finger <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I watched Two Heads Creek. This is a video on demand release. It's uh, a timid butcher and his drama queen sister quit the hostile confines of post-Brexit Britain and adventure to Australia in search of their birth mother. But seemingly tolerant townsfolk are hiding, uh, are hiding a dark, meaty secret. It's directed by Australian director Jesse O'Brien. And uh, I like this one quite a bit, to be quite honest with you. Um, Did you say a meaty secret? Meaty secret. That's the synopsis. He's a timid wow. butcher, and they finish it with meaty secret. They're so fucking clever, aren't they? Ugh. It's the same kind of writing you get in Crossing Swords. <laughs> Except an F-bomb thrown in there. Yeah. A, fucking a, f- a fucking meaty secret. You'll you comment in somebody's naked saying it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's nudity. Um, yeah. I, I, I like this movie. I'm gonna give it, I'll give it a, I will give this movie a high taste. I did like this movie quite a bit. It's, um, you've got a brother and a sister and they go to, they find out that their mother who just died was not their real not the real mother. So they're on the search for their birth mother. They find out that she's in this, uh, small town in Australia called two heads Creek. The whole, the whole town has a secret. It has a secret. And, uh, you find out about the town once you get there. It's, it's a, it's a dark comedy. Um, not, I mean, this is not as, I don't know. It's not that fucking hilarious. And I don't, what I don't 
what I didn't like about this and why it doesn't get a Tupperware is like he's a timid butcher and then once he gets there he's kind of like he's kind of a puss this guy and like I was I was waiting for this guy to fucking like come out and like be the butcher you know what I mean and it never really kind of happens but I'm not going to talk about this one too much. I, I, it's definitely worth a watch if you, if it's if it shows up somewhere like Netflix or Shutter. But other than that, like I would I wouldn't drop the money on this one. Yeah, it's it's Two Heads Creek. I'm what not was gonna, it called again? Two Heads Head. Creek. Yeah, yeah, Shit's Creek is way better. <laughs> Ranking the creek things, huh? I'm what about Dawson's Creek? Where does it fit in? You know, I, you know, I never really watched too much Dawson's Creek, to be quite honest with you. Are we out of creeks, Jake? <laughs> I was frantically Googling. I think we are. I think we're out of creeks. <laughs> I mean, I, you took my creek. I was going to go Dawson, and you took my creek. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know any other famous creeks. Any other famous creeks? Winkler, are you frantically looking for creeks? Nah, man. I'm creeked out. Creaked out. They're creaked out. I'm, I'm creaked out on this fucking episode. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> throw it in a creek. Jesus Christ. The five bloods. The five bloods. Why did I say it like that? Um, let's talk about the new Spike Lee joint, The Five Bloods, uh, from Academy Award winner Spike Lee comes a new joint, the story of four African American vets, uh, Paul, Otis, Eddie and Melvin, who returned to Vietnam, searching for the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure. Our heroes, joined by Paul's concerned son, join uh, battle forces of man and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immortality of the Vietnam War. The film was originally, this was originally a 2013 script by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMio, titled The Last Tour, with Oliver Stone set to direct this one. Stone dropped out in 2016. Spike Lee and Kevin Wilmot uh, performed a rewrite after completing uh, Black Klansman, changing it to an African-American perspective. And this stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock and Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I know you, you watched this one, Winkler, didn't you? Yeah. What'd you think about, uh, The Five Bloods? Netflix, huge, huge Netflix release here. This is huge Spike Lee doing it now. Scorsese did it with The Irishman. Now you got fucking Spike Lee doing the Netflix thing. What'd you think, what'd you think about The Five Bloods? Two and a half, two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay, like the length is, yeah, I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh overall, man, I think the timing, like it was written in 2013, but it dropping now, I just think the timing is insane for like like the climate we're in right now for this movie to drop is just, uh it's pretty crazy timing. They just uh, brought that up that it was actually originally written back then. So, um but yeah, I really love this movie. Uh, I like the way it was filmed. It had uh, different filming techniques and aspect ratios to make false transactions between present time and flashbacks. And uh, the flashbacks had beautiful, like, graininess to them. That wasn't too much. It just looked like some old-time film, which I thought was great. The only thing I would have hoped for was to watch it on the big screen. 
Uh, I think this movie would have been great in a theater. Um, there were a lot of intense scenes of action and gunfights, but a lot of intense scenes that weren't action-based. They were uh, humanity-based, involving, like, race and uh, mental wellness, which I thought Spike Lee, he's not one to, like, shy away from showing imagery and graphic imagery at that. And uh, I thought he did a good job portraying this. Throughout the movie, there are some, like, disturbing scenes that he adds in, whether it be the uh, group of friends talking about a certain battle that happened back in Vietnam. Uh, They show, like, pictures from the actual battle, whether they're talking about uh, Martin Luther King, the death of Martin Luther King. They'll show, like, actual crime scene photos of that. So there is a uh, little bit of, I don't know, it's kind of uh, disturbing for some people. But um, I thought it added a great deal to this movie. And um, the acting was really great, too. Uh, When we first meet this group of guys, it's easy to see that they're old friends, their camaraderie, they're busting each other's chops and reminiscing. And um, there's also a character who suffers from uh, pretty severe PTSD, who comes off as pretty harsh and hateful. But once you see them interacting with each other, you understand that these are soldiers, and um, sometimes they take shit home with them, and uh, they can't shake it. And I thought that was portrayed very well. And um, although I felt this you know, film was a little long, I really did enjoy it. And uh, I thought it was a refreshing take on a war movie that also had to deal with you know, race and uh, other issues. And um, for that, I'm going to give this movie a high taste. I think it was really good. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's uh, so basically, Jake, you didn't get a chance to see this one, did you? No, I did not. You've got you've you've got these four guys who were in Vietnam together. They fought side by side and. You know, they were black soldiers and they and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of the uh, in the movie, yeah, like you're saying, like they're showing clips from like Martin Luther King and, and and everything, and they're saying like, you know, like they're talking about how many how many black men fought in, you know, um, uh, World War Two, and, and and how many black men and and, and uh, how many men black men fought in, in Vietnam, and, and like did they get freedom? No, and and uh, it's very powerful. I, I think Spike Lee does a great job in all of his movies, as far as like you know throwing out the facts and like and remembering people that that died for you know the the cause for civil rights, and I, I always really appreciate that and bringing to light you know like having us remember and like you know you can you throw out these names of 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 people that died for this cause and like you can look these stories up and i i always think that that's really cool um so you have these four guys that fought in vietnam and then while they're there they they're in a battle and they and they come across um these gold bars that the united states was going to to give to um uh the i guess what side in vietnam were they going to give it to uh the northern northern vietnam and and they were like okay yeah i guess we could turn this in or we could bury it wait a long time come back and take it for ourselves and then use this money 
to help other black people. And that was Storm and Norman's idea. The play, the, the character played by Chadwick Boseman, you know, the one of the five bloods that died, you know, in Vietnam when they were there in the seventies. And so this, this movie is the four, the four remaining members of this group that go back to Vietnam. And it's a lot of like how much their lives have changed and how, how different they are. But like still like there's that brotherhood, you know, they fought side by side. And, um, yeah, uh, Delroy Lindo was fantastic in this movie as Paul. Oh my he, God. He, you know, was suffering from PTSD and, and, um, he, you know, his son eventually becomes part of the story and there's kind of like a resentment towards his son. And like, you're always wondering, like, why is he so hard on his son? Why is he so mean on his son? The movie answers that question. Uh, I, I, I was really moved by this movie and, um, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. It is a little long. It is, it, it's, it's, it is a little long. Um, two and a half hours, but, um, the Irishman was fucking three hours and I love that. And I love this movie. I'm going to give it an absolute Tupperware. I think like, I think for, um, like what we're going through now as a nation, like this, this is a movie I think we need to, people need to watch and pay attention to. And the performances were just amazing. And, um, the action, Jesus Christ, some of the fucking, um, some of the blood in this man. Whoa. My God. It was done really well. Oh my God. I was just kind of like, there's some, I, and, uh, there's some scenes in this, Jake. There's a landmine that goes off and you see like a literal landmine, a landmine. Yeah. Like there's still landmines. And this is true. There's still, there's still fucking not, there's still landmines that haven't gone off in Vietnam. You could still be walking down a fucking field and blow up in fucking Vietnam. They planted so many fucking landmines. Yeah. Scary. And another great addition to the movie, Brian, like you were just talking about was, um, they run into some people at the bar who work for a company or, uh, I think it's like a nonprofit who, uh, specializes in removing like bombs and landmines and stuff which yeah. brings in another like set yeah. of characters yeah which was just awesome man like this movie is like layered man and um when i when i said it was a little long which which i think it was they can cut out the fucking romance bullshit right. with the french yeah, girl yeah. and the fucking and you, you know you get yeah. to the end and like those scenes with with paul and like those monologues like it's just it's amazing stuff at the end. And that makes you forget that you think it's too long. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like the, the ending to me, like the last hour, I think was just, but who the fuck are we to tell Spike Lee to take shit out of his movie? Like, I think, you know what I mean? (laughs) Same thing with Scorsese. I can, I can tell, you know, like I can think to myself, maybe the Irishman shouldn't have been fucking three hours and some change or whatever the fuck, but who the fuck are we to tell Scorsese and Spike Lee and some of these fucking directors that have been doing it for 30 years now to take shit out, let them have the freedom to fucking, if that's what they want to give us, let them give you know what I mean? It's like Tarantino. Jesus Christ, that guy gets extended cuts. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, Scorsese just fucking and, and Spike Lee now just throwing it all out there. So, yeah, and I'm happy you did because, you know, like I said, that that last hour was yeah. honestly 
like you said, it was moving, man. Like that, that shit was, it was deep, man. It was tough for some parts, but yeah. a lot of it was really, man, you felt that shit. They reference Rambo in this and they kind of talk about how some of that shit's bullshit with the, with the remaining POWs <laughs> and how the, how, how, you know, some of the things are portrayed in the Rambo films. Uh, Jake, when that fuck, there's a landmine that goes off in this movie and there is a character that fucking seriously, like, after the the aftermath of the landmine going off, you see legs are fucking blown off, arms are fucking blown off, and blood just coming out. It is graphic as fuck. Graphic as fuck in this movie. And there's a couple, yeah. like, executions. D- dude, the the film footage of they showed like in Vietnam of the executions that one that shot to the head was that fuck did, oh did we what was that real yes that was real dude Brian I've man, never like, seen anything I was dude. I was I was so kind of shook after watching that yeah. Jake they're showing like I real looked it up to see if it was real after that Jake they literally show an execution in this movie that's a real fucking execution. It was Ooh. fucking tough. I've man. never seen anything like it. Guy gets shot in the fucking head. He's like, he's like, uh, arms are tied behind his back. Gets shot in the fucking head. And then goes down. And like, as, as his head hits the ground, like, the part, the, the, the side of his head that was shot with the bullet hole in it, blood is just fucking squirting out of his head like a goddamn geyser. And I'm sorry to be so graphic here, but that's what the fucking movie right. portrayed. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't see it. And I'm not Dude, the fact that I had to look it up is proof on how fake I thought it was as well, man. Like that, that's fucked up. It was real. That it, it looked real to me, and I was like, that looks like real footage. It looks like Spike Lee is just fucking like showing us kind of like what an unnecessary war this was. You know, I don't yeah, know, and like. The intercutting of those scenes like that, like I was saying, like they had the scenes that were cut in with, you know, Malcolm X talking and, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. talking and all of that. But they also had scenes cut in like that, man, where we're like, this shit is going on yeah. and people fail to see this shit is going on. And, uh, I don't know. I just think this might be a way for some people right now, especially when the country is so open to making change and, uh, open to trying to make change then maybe watch this movie and like take some notes because this shit is fucked up sometimes you know what, com- my friend. You know what comedy special is fucking great jake i don't know if you ever- you remember tom rhodes back in the 90s no i'm not familiar he used to do he uh, used to do a bunch of fucking comedy central commercials back in the day tom rhodes was cool as fuck back in the day just kind of like a kind of like a dennis leary type comic you know but um I guess his dad fought over in Vietnam, and uh, as soon as they opened up Vietnam to where he could go over there, Tom Rhodes did a comedy special in Vietnam, and he called it. Uh, and there's a lot of clips and stuff. He called it "Viva Vietnam." And I, if I could fucking track that down, I would love to watch that again. It was on Comedy Central. It's fucking. It's a great special. So anyway, um, I mentioned Oliver Stone. Did you hear Sharon Stone this week said she got hit by a fucking bolt of lightning or some shit? No, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. She said she got hit by a bolt of lightning or something. <laughs> Weird. Look it up. People. Google what it, happens, people. Huh? What happens when somebody in the 1% gets hit in the 1% of, like, lightning strikes? 
Oh, and the, the, what are the chances of somebody in the 1% getting? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's less than like 0.01%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sharon Stone is in the 1%. No. She's not. Yeah, maybe not. I just thought it was. She's funny. well off, though. Yeah, she's not hurting. Yeah. Okay. By lighting in her own home while yeah. she was ironing. Wait, no way. That's what she's saying. That's the story? <laughs> she was in her home ironing and she got struck by lightning? Lightning struck and, like, it, like, I don't know. Like, bounced off the ground? Like, didn't it hit like a, something like a refrigerator or something, Jake, right? <laughs> she was, she was filling her iron with water at her well when a bolt of lightning hit her. Hmm. Of course she has a well. I was hit by lightning. Wow. It was really intense. Yeah, you don't say. Through the water. Hear about that guy. Who's that guy? There's a, I watched an Unsolved Mysteries episode where a family, they all got hit by lightning. (laughs) The whole family? How many people? There's like many people in the family got hit by, like, like, like there was a mystery. There was a Not mis- on the same day, right? <laughs> no, no, just over time. Like this family, like their whole, like, like a lot of them, like they felt like lightning was just drawn to this family. There was many of them that were just like hit by lightning. Gee, I never thought I'd be thankful for my <laughs> my hair fucking going bald soon. <laughs> Did you hear about like was it, wasn't there like a police officer or something like that, like a sheriff of a small town that get like he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for getting hit by lightning like seven fucking times or some shit? Oh that I heard uh, heard of. I think I've seen a video of him talking before. <laughs> he can talk after that. Yeah, it's kind of scattered. <laughs> Poor guy. See, in real life, it's not like, it's not like, in real life, if you get bit by spiders, you, you can die. In real life, if you get by lightning, you don't, (laughs) you're not granted powers by Zeus. You die. You know? Yeah, Brian, you were right. It says the lightning picked her up and threw her across the kitchen and she hit the refrigerator. Yeah, she hit the fucking refrigerator. Oh my god. Her mother was standing there and her mother had to belt her across the face just to bring her to. <laughs> Why the fuck did they use that phrasing belt her across the face? That's like some like 1904 phrasing. What do you think the chances of survival are if you're struck by lightning to the percentage? Dude, like I'd say most people are going to die if they get hit struck by lightning, right? No. no it's 10%. You have a 10% not only – or 9 out of 10 people survive lightning strikes. What about those – what about those motherfuckers, dude? And this is real. This is real. Those motherfuckers that fucking are skydiving, Jake, they pull the pin and nothing happens. But they bounce and <laughs> – dude, they bounce and hit the ground and they live. Yeah, that's no wild. That's wild. Yeah, it's happened quite a few it's times. It's happened, dude. They just bounce off the ground. They bounce off the ground. And they live. There was an episode Dude, of King I, of the Hill. There's, I kid you not. There's an episode of King of the Hill where, where fucking Peggy <laughs> Hill skydives, bounces, hits the ground, and, and lives. <laughs> but that's ridiculous because it's a cartoon. But in real life, there are people that have done this before. I kid you not. There are people that have fucking went skydiving, and they they. 
pull the pin, nothing happens. And they fucking just hit the ground and they live. I can imagine like somebody skydiving over like Yellowstone and they hit like a geyser. Like imagine that. Like your parachute fucking fails, your backup fails, you're falling to the ground at extreme speeds, and as you're getting to the ground, a geyser just shoots you in the ass and you fly up and live. No, you fly up and then you hit the ground again, and then the geyser <laughs> The geyser goes up again and you just keep going up and down. <laughs> Because Old Faithful just will not stop fucking you up. It's like some Looney Tunes sounding shit. Yeah. Like, like no, you hit and you survive on the geyser. But it's Old Faithful and you know this shit goes off like every seven minutes or whatever the fuck. And nobody's around. So every seven minutes, this thing's shooting you up in the fucking air and back to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather watch 22 minutes of that than Crossing Swords. Oh my, can you imagine having PTSD from Old Faithful? I'm going PTSD from Tupperware and Crossing Swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still Crossing Swords landmines planted throughout this whole episode. It'll, it'll be really easy to step on one. Uh, I watched uh, Reality Z. On Netflix, I've watched the first three episodes, a zombie apocalypse that imprisons participants and producers of a reality show called Olympo, uh, uh, the house of the gods. The studio becomes a shelter for those who seek salvation in Rio de Janeiro, where chaos and hopelessness begin to rule. Uh, this is a Brazilian Netflix show, so that means that um, all of the cast has uh, has a, a completely shaped pubic region, Jake. <laughs> I don't know why. That's what that meant. I don't know why Netflix felt the need to tell us that, Jake. Is that important? That they all... No, I don't think you should have to put that right up front and let people know that. What's Netflix doing over there? Oh, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, oh, God. Brazilian cat. Yeah, what's bothersome to me is they like put that in the uh, ad for this show, and then they come out with like fantastic stuff like The Five Bloods, and then you like, I don't know, you think about like how many people are actually running Netflix over there. What did you think about this, Michael? Did you watch this? Yeah, yeah, I, wa I watched the first two. What'd you think? I mean, ah, fuck, I'm going first again. Shit, if I Tupperware this and it gets a laugh, I'm going to shit my pants. But uh, here we go. Um, well, I knew it was only a matter of time before we got a reality. Just give me your show. honest review. Like, but don't. Who gives a fuck what public yeah. opinion no, is? No, 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 no. I never, I, Jake. I, 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 like, I don't care what fucking show, like, I, other podcast I go on. If they hate something and I fucking love it, I'm gonna fight tooth and nail and just let people know I fucking love it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't. Give, I don't give a. Jake, we I, we've done it. Me and you have done it. You know, like you love something, I hate something, or vice versa. Winkler, don't worry about what the fuck I thought about Reality uh, Z. I was, yeah, no, nah, yeah, I was just sure. joking, but no, 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 because dude, I, I did like Crossing Swords a lot, so no, nah, I was just fucking making a goof, but um, right on. But yeah, for this one, man, I really liked uh, the idea that there was a reality zombie show. Like we haven't seen that yet. That's probably the only reality show we haven't seen. And uh, like I said, I'm only two episodes in. From what I've seen, though, it really does look promising. Like, uh, typically, I like to watch film 
that's foreign, you know what I mean? Like in a foreign language, uh, in its true, like fashion. So I'll watch it with, uh, subtitles. Yeah. But for this one, I watched it dubbing because I didn't think that would take anything away from it, which it didn't, in my opinion. Like, I watched a little bit subtitles and I was like, I think I might enjoy it more if it was dubbed. So I threw the dubs on and, uh, but what you could take away from this is that it was just like fucking mayhem. And, uh, that's what I want to see with a zombie flick or a zombie show. Like, I want to see destruction. I want to see chaos. And, uh, I thought this is what we had here. And the design of the zombies looked very cool. Uh, they're fast running, kind of like 28 days later. They're quick moving. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it adds a lot to like the, uh, kind of the effect of the, People running away from and stuff, uh, shutting doors at the last second, you know, that type of stuff. And, uh, the makeup and special effects look really good too. And, um, furthermore, I think the cast of the reality show was like pretty fucking hilarious. Like, you, you have all your cliches. Like, you have the macho man, you have your girly girl, the older guy who drinks a lot, the smart guy, and, you know, so on. And, um, when this girl who ends up being like the last survivor, of the TV network joins up with them. Like it just promotes like the, I don't know, like some of the most like funny things, but also it's pretty fucking serious too. So I don't know. I think there's a nice balance of like funny and uh, dramatic and I don't know. I did like this. So I would give it a high taste. It. I, let me just start off. Here's here's the, basically Jake, what's happening in this series is you've got, You've got, they're filming this reality show in Brazil and it's called, uh, like, in the show they called it like Olympus and, uh, you've got the host and he's Zeus. And of course, like with all these reality shows, they vote somebody out. So they've got, they've got to leave Olympus and it, it's like, you know, they've got cameras all in this house and, uh, you know, everybody's dressed like they're like a different god. You want know, one of these Greek gods and, um, and so like they're, they're they're filming the show you got fans outside they're holding signs for like the the cast members that they love in Olympus you know and as this is going on Jake there's this whole zombie apocalypse that's happening outside in the real world <laughs> and 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 these people that are inside this reality show have no idea what's going on in the real world with this zombie apocalypse. Uh, but what happens is like, uh, some of the people that are on their way to the show to, to make an appearance on the show, uh, they, uh, they get infected. And so the zombie apocalypse is brought to Olympus. And I, after the, the first episode, I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I really didn't know it was kind of like going on. There's a lot going on. You had like the zombie apocalypse going on, you had like the show going on, and then there's like this also this side story of this, uh, of, of this son and this mother that are being affected by the zombie apocalypse. And, um, I didn't know how everything was gonna converge. Um, once I got to the end of the first episode, I was fucking hooked on this. And I've, I'm, I'm through three episodes and it really blends like violence, gore, uh, zombies. And they are, like you said, they're the fast zombies, kind of like the 28 days later, the, you know, like the, the, uh, train to Busan, the Korean zombies really fast this is very gory at times um the way that the these zombies eat people very bloody um 
but there's some humor in here too. You've got two people trapped in a room. You've got like the big wig of this show. He's like the creator of this show. And then there's a, a, one of the, the girl that got voted out of Olympus. They're kind of like in a, in like a green room, Jake, or something like an office. And they're stuck there. There's a zombie on the other side of the, uh, of the door. And, uh, and he's got to take a shit. <laughs> And there's no bathroom in there. So he go, he leaves to He's go, fucked. he leaves to like open the door to go take, to go, to go to the bathroom. And a zombie starts chasing him. So he shuts the door and he just, this fucking like head of this fucking television company takes a shit in a garbage can. And I'm laughing my ass off. And the woman is just like, you're disgusting. You're gross. <laughs> and here he, here he is, this guy in a suit taking a shit in a trash can. And it's, that had me cracking up. Um, you know, people going out for like medicine runs, trying to get medicine and trying to stay away from these zombies. And then like, but when they're out there, Jake, they see like these fucking like magazines that have them in the magazine. They can see what people are saying about them. They've been trapped in this house of Olympus. They have no idea what the public thinks about them. They're separated from the rest of the world. They don't know what the rest of the world is thinking about the show. And it's a really cool twist on the genre. I Tupperware the fuck out of this. I I think that wow. yeah, I think Reality Z is fantastic. I'm I'm having a blast with this show. Three episodes in, um, I was upset that I had to pull myself away from Reality Z and watch fucking an episode and a half of Crossing Swords. <laughs> I I loved Reality Z. I I Tupperware this. I think that you really do need to give it a two episode watch first, and if after two episodes you don't like this show, then just drop off but i think like i think the first episode is a little jarring because like you really don't have a handle of what's going on there's a lot of different things going on in that first episode and i think you really gotta knock you really gotta knock out the first two but i love reality z and it's on netflix and i tupperware the fuck out of it i think it is fantastic dude and um like like you said uh just piggybacking off that the uh the big wig in the suit he when like all this shit goes down, he does everything in his power to get away from zombies. He's throwing like assistants in front of him. He's like blocking the door with wheelchair people, like people bound in wheelchairs. Like this shit, like does have a sense of humor as well. Yeah, and, uh, I think he's like one of the funniest characters so far. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this show quite a bit. I know I got zombie fatigue. Shut the fuck up! You've had zombie fatigue for the past five years, Forever. and you haven't you haven't watched anything zombie related in five years. Give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Stop it with your zombie fatigue. Give it a shot. All right. Yeah, the zombie genre is not going anywhere anytime soon. So. And there's, but there's still good stuff out there. There's still like if you if you burn out on The Walking Dead, don't call that zombie fatigue. That's one fucking show. There's great stuff out there, people. Train to Basan. Watch Train to Basan. When, when you're done with Train to Basan, watch the animated prequel called Soul Station. Watch that one, okay? There's still some good zombie stuff out there, people. Just be, don't, don't, don't blame The Walking Dead for your zombie fatigue. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. PSA. It's unfair. 
It's unfair, man. People who do, like you said, man, people who do think like that, give this a shot, man. Because when I first saw the show, I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I watching? And I fucking loved it. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You can give it a shot. Reality Z, fantastic show. Brazilian Netflix show. All the pubic regions have been shaved. It's amazing. I, I, I'm really enjoying this show, Reality Z. Is that the whole reason you Tupperware'd it? Because of the shaved pubic regions? You just, yeah, you, you like the, you know, the landscaping so much that you had to Tupperware it. I like the manscaping so much, Jake. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck with it. I got two more things to talk about. Hey, Winkler, do you have any, do you have any personal <laughs> good pop, bad pop you need to rattle on about? Uh, no. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, I, I have. Well, <laughs> it's not you. It's just like good pop, bad pop has just gone on. You know what I mean? This is like this is like this is like one of those fucking like antidepressant lovemaking sessions where I just can't come. You know what I mean? It's just, I, got, I, got, it, I got one good pop, bad pop. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jake! What do you? No, I'm kidding. What do you got? <laughs> oh, man, I, I really took one for the team this week. I fucking sat through Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus. Are you kidding me? No, I did. Did you have you? Did you watch this? No, it's twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was, I, I didn't care. I read the books. Did you? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've heard such. I've heard such great things about the books. Like Nana Pratt loves the books. He's oh, a, he sure does. And he's a huge fan of the books. And I feel so bad for him that this movie has just gotten shit reviews. Yeah, it's as bad as they say. It was almost hard to finish this movie. Um, it's a 10% right now in Rotten Tomatoes. They spent <laughs> $125 million to make this movie. Oh, my God. And it like... The special effects are so terrible. It's unbelievable how much money they spent. It's like completely over CGI'd to death. And the, uh, are we talking like, I'm sorry, but are we talking like, uh, B-list sci-fi special effects? No, it's not that they're, it, it reminds me of like the way the prequels looked, but it's 2020 and this movie still looks <laughs> that way. Like that kind of bad CGI. Cause they very quickly end up in the world of the fairies. And just the CGI there is just unremarkably bad. Mm. Um, it's hilarious that Judy Dench is in this movie as a really bad CGI fairy. I, I think between this and Cats, that's like two movies in a row where Judy Dench is like a laughable CGI, just creepy ass character. Um, yeah, this was so fucking bad. Josh Gad was in it and he plays almost a parody of Hagrid from Harry Potter. Mm. Like it, seems like a poor man's version of that. And he narrates the whole film. And I'm actually a pretty big fan of Josh Gad, but 30 minutes in and you're just fucking sick of this guy. Did you say, did you audibly say, Oh my God, this is, is I think I said, Oh my God, audibly. Okay. I mean, this movie is is so fucking bad though. It's just one MacGuffin chase after another, you know, it's like, he comes from a lineage of super villains and his dad gets kidnapped, but he left behind this MacGuffin so he can be found. And one MacGuffin leads to the next MacGuffin mm. until they're in the world of the fairies. And on top of that, the main actor, um, Ferdia Shaw is his name is 
completely uncharismatic. Um, you it, said you said that like it was his name, but it was like why is that his name? No, I was I didn't know if I was pronouncing it right or not. Ferdia is. How do you spell that? Ferdia, F E R D I A. Ferdia. Yeah, I was saying it like, am I pronouncing this right? Ferdia about it. Ferdia about it. You never have any reason this entire movie to give two shits about this kid yeah. at all. Like he, he's just terrible. I could see why they would scrap. This would have been one of Disney's biggest bombs ever in the theater. I believe. I. This was just fucking bad. Um, hopefully Disney Plus can get some better exclusives than stuff that was going to just get trashed in the theater that they decide to put wow. on their streaming service. This is so bad. I feel bad for fans of this because Nana's one. There's a lot of fans of this. This has been a yeah. property that's been trying to get adapted for a very long time, and the books have a huge following. And from what I hear, it's it doesn't do the books any service. Like it's not just the bad CGI. They've completely like rerouted the story yeah. from the ground up. So. so this is like, this is an even bigger travesty than the dark tower. I I don't know about that. I, I read the dark tower. <laughs> so it, I mean, the dark tower is almost worse because there they took seven books of material and mushed it into one 90 minute uh, movie yeah. where here they just rearranged the first book into the first movie. Hmm. So they're both just travesties though. Kenneth Branagh is the director of this too, which I was, I didn't oh, know he's, anything about. He's great. He is. He is great. He directed the first Thor movie, I believe. Um, yeah, he's fucking fantastic. I I'm surprised that he was involved in this and this must've just been just a studio production or hmm. there's gotta be some behind the scenes story on why this looks so fucking terrible. Wow. Like, I just can't imagine that he would have given this the thumbs up and just been done with it. Maybe he asked for more money to complete the special effects, and that's when they were like, no, 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 just do what you can do, and we're just going to Disney Plus this thing. Hmm. Wow. I'm surprised. You made it through the entire movie. I made it through the whole thing. I There was 15 minutes left, and I was getting ready to get on my phone, and I hit the button to see how much time is left, and I was like, all right, 15 fucking more minutes. Did you watch the Star Wars Jedi Temple thing? I did not watch the Star Wars Jedi Temple. Isn't that weird? They dropped it on YouTube? Yeah, that is bizarre. I was confused. You sent me the links to that, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to watch it on my phone. I'll just watch it on Disney+. Plus. You can, that's when do you have I a Roku realized, or an Apple TV? You can get YouTube I, on there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just didn't have the convenience of the link right then and there. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I guess um, I, the one positive I've heard about it is I guess it has a lot of really cool original music. The same guy that does the music for the last three Star Wars video games did the music for this. And I okay. guess there's some really inspired original Star Wars music that sounds like it very much belongs in the universe, but isn't just the standard dun 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 dun, dun. Yeah. So that's cool. A show like this, you would have thought they would have just cheaped out and just played the classics. So yeah. Just that they made a brand new original score for this thing just in case you're wondering people star wars jedi temple is like the new uh, uh star wars uh game show i guess it's supposed to be kind of like a uh a competition kind of game show kind of like i don't know i'm trying to remember like you it's know, like legends of the hidden temple legends of the hidden right. temple yeah and 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 it was i thought it was going to come out on disney plus i got an email from uh disney 
Star Wars, you know, and, and, and they said, you know, watch the first two episodes of, uh, you know, uh, Jedi Hidden Temple or whatever the fuck it's called. Jedi Challenge something. <laughs> What's it called? What's it called? Jedi Challenge something. That's how the theme song goes. Yeah, yeah, that great, great music for that. However, whatever. <laughs> what is it called? The Hidden Jedi, Jedi Challenge? Jedi Temple Challenge. Jedi Temple Challenge. And I, and I thought it was going to come out in Disney Plus. They sent me this fucking email, and they're like, "Watch the first two episodes now." I click the link, and it takes me to YouTube. They drop those the, the first two episodes on YouTube. So if you do want to watch them, uh, search uh, search that on uh, on YouTube. You'll be able to watch the first two episodes. Is it is it like one of those things where they're like, where are they going to drop it? Just uh, the first two episodes on YouTube. I guess, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was going to go to Disney Plus. I thought this was a Disney Plus thing. I was. I was that, that does sound fucking bizarre. It's weird. I do believe Ahmed Best is the host of this show. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, a lot of people know that he went some really some, went through some dark depression from the reaction of Jar Jar from fans. Yeah. So it's cool that he's back in the Star Wars fold and not as upset by the experience anymore. Yeah. I got two things I'm going to talk about real quick, uh, two sports-related things. I watched 40 Years of Rocky. This is on Video On Demand. You can get it on iTunes for 2 fucking 99 and it's only like 30 minutes long. And it's uh, 40 Years of Rocky, The Birth of a Classic Documentary. Uh, the Birth of a Classic, it's a documentary. It's from uh, Sylvester Stallone Chronicles of the Behind-the-Scenes Journey of a 1976 low-budget movie that was written by an unknown actor, Sylvester Stallone himself and when released inspired audiences all around the world to go the distance the documentary was written and directed by Derek Wayne Johnson who served as producer alongside Chris May both of both of uh, Cinema 83 Entertainment and Cinema 83 Documentary Films the documentary follows the iconic Rocky story which became the ultimate underdog movie and more than 40 years later Sylvester Stallone recounts the making of the beloved classic through rare home movies filmed by Rocky director John G. Avildsen. And um, did you get a chance to see this, Winkler? Yeah, I did watch it. Dude, I, I took away the fuck out of this. I fucking love this. 30 minutes long and um, like it's, it's so many unseen behind the scenes footage from this movie. And like Sylvester Stallone doing the commentary on this on something that's like so near and dear to him was so amazing. It was so amazing. He's talking about like there's so many things like behind the scenes They're they're talking about like the choreography for the fights, how they did um, like how the, like how before when they filmed like boxing movies, like, you know, it, it was just bullshit. It was just guy, like guys like punching each other. Stallone would fucking write 40 pages choreographing like the Apollo fight you know like oh and 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 uh watching these guys like behind the scenes like recreate these fights like before they ever they even filmed them was just incredible and they would do the side by side where they would show them like doing like um uh screen tests of different scenes like whether it be fighting scenes or even like the scene where um Rocky takes um Adrian 
to the skating rink and they were showing screen tests of that one. That was supposed to be that scene, Jake, was supposed to be like when he takes her to the skating rink on like one of their first dates. That scene, they were supposed they were supposed to go to a skating rink and they were supposed to have tons of people there at the skating rink. And what happened is like they didn't have enough money to pay extras and do all this other stuff. So he had to like on the fly write a new a, a, a whole new scene and it, it turned out to be perfect it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he pays off the guy after the fucking roller rink closes pays the guy so that you know adrian can go roller uh, like on the on uh, you know get out there and like uh, get on the on the ice alone and he's just kind of like walking next to her and they're talking and and um like that was just like that was not originally written in there and it just it's just like perfect that it that it worked out that way and and he talked about like even the hat like they were fighting him on the hat that he wears in that movie that that um they didn't want him to wear the hat and and it was just this cheap felt hat that he bought for like real cheap that he wore and he's like he fought for it. he's like i want to i want to wear this fucking hat in the movie and like that's that's that, that hat's iconic with that character and yeah, never would have guessed that wasn't pre-planned. Yeah. And, and before he sold, I think he sold the script to United Artists and like he had the stipulation that like I, like I, if, if this movie is made, I want to, I'm going to star in it. And apparently he wrote Rocky in three days. He said he wrote Rocky in three days, which I'd heard that before. And Rocky was the under, like this movie is the underdog movie of all time. It's the most underdogiest movie ever fucking made. Number one, Sylvester Stallone was a nobody, came from like a, he was a porn star before this happened. They called, that's why they called him the Italian stallion in the, in the porn industry. But like he was an underdog because like he, he, he had nothing going for him and the, the the character himself was an underdog in this whole story and then the movie itself was an underdog movie and then it became the picture of the year had to go up against i believe the deer hunter that year in 1976 and it beat out the deer hunter um i mean this just i don't know i i i i adored this documentary i and there's so many things that um so many, so much footage and him talking about Burgess Meredith and working with Burgess Meredith and him, him just talking about people that he worked with on set. And like, I, I, I love this. It's called 40 years of Rocky, the birth of a classic. Um, what did you think Winkler? Oh man. I mean, like just going off what you're saying now, um, I really did enjoy how he talked about everyone that he worked with. Uh, he spoke so highly of everybody, like whether it be uh, producers, cameramen, fellow actors. Yeah. It didn't matter because the way he was speaking about it, he knew that this movie, to him at least, was of no importance at all. Their budget was garbage. You know what I mean? Like they had nothing really going for them. And uh, for him to be able to like – Dude, he threw a bunch of his gym buddies into the movie. Like his, his brother, Frank Stallone the was the Frank Stallone Dude, his was the brother. His father. Those guys. Those guys at the beginning of the movie uh, that are singing by that uh, by that uh, barrel. 
they're singing by that dumpster, that fire, you know, and that's, that's Frank Stallone singing with his, with, with the guys that he was singing with his group and stuff. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of that going on. The, 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 the thing that blew me away was the fucking like the steady cam, the guy that invented the steady cam. He, the, the, the steady cam was first introduced into this movie. That scene where Rocky is running down the street and they're following him. They're filming it with a car and the, the, it's steady. The whole shot is steady. You're not seeing any bumps from like them being in a vehicle. The, the that guy. That was like groundbreaking fucking technology. Right yes. There. Yes. Like, that was the first time it was ever seen by the public. Yeah. Yeah, and here it is. Here it is in the small independent film. This is Stallone. Think about this. This is Sylvester Stallone, action star of the '80s and '90s, Jake, in a fucking independent film. Like, you know what I mean? Like this. That's what Rocky was. Like, we look at Rocky now as like a fucking institution, you know. And it spawned like, what did it spawn? It spawned four sequels and then two other fucking movies introducing the Creed family for crying out loud. It's huge. But like when Rocky first came out, it was an independent film with an unknown actor. Yeah, I mean, and that easily could have flopped or not been taken seriously by critics. Yeah. He's lucky that it got the reception that it did. Oh God! One picture of the year, Oscar for picture of the year. I love, I love Rocky. I love Rocky. I, I love. Oh, it's so good. What I really liked, like about this, is uh, at one point Stallone says this about the. uh, He says, "It's not about the movie being a boxing movie. This was a story about somebody who was trying to get by, somebody like trying to make it for himself." the story of love and he just happened to be a boxer mm-hmm. and uh yeah that like that i mean that's real man because this movie like you said like there are these scenes with the skating rink in which there were supposed to be hundreds of extras and they all got cut but they still made it one of the most iconic scenes in film history mm-hmm. and then you have the hat gene hackman wore the hat and french connection so then Sylvester Stallone goes, so what? That's the end of hats and movies? Mm-hmm. No, we're putting him in. So I, I don't know. And he didn't even skate in that scene with Andrea. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't know how to skate. So yeah. he went on his shoes. So, like, he did what needed to be done to make this movie great. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what this little documentary, man, like, this mini documentary, man, like, this showed that. This showed the heart that went into the movie. It showed that he cared so much about his family and his friends and the people working on the film that he wanted to throw them in the movie when they could or care for them off screen when he had to. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to Tupperware alongside you, man. And yeah. I thought this was fucking fantastic. I loved it. I loved it so much. I, I, I'm glad I, you can buy it for two ninety nine on iTunes. I, I will watch this over and over and over again. I love Rocky. I love Rocky movies. And you know, I'm a sucker for underdog stories. And I just, I love this fucking movie. And I love this documentary. And it was nice to see, they showed like, you know, like after the first screening of Rocky, there, here's Sylvester Stallone in the fucking theater taking pictures with people, patrons that are just there to, to see the movie. And it's like, oh my God, there was a day, there was a day when Icon Sylvester Stallone was in a theater taking pictures with fans. 
That's, uh, uh, that blew me the fuck away. Because, Jake, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, when I, gr- gr- growing up, I was born in 78, two years after this movie had already come out. Stallone was a huge Same. star, was a huge star when I was a child. Like, he's been a huge star my entire life. My entire life, he's been a huge star. So to think that there was a day where he was like, he was nothing, you know what I mean? As far as like in the film industry and he was just, he was just a guy coming up and like he would, he went to the, the, it premiered in two theaters and he went to one of them and he's just hanging out in the lobby taking pictures with people that saw the movie that did not know that this guy was just going to be like the, him and still him and Schwarzenegger were just the two biggest action stars. They were the pinnacle of the eighties and nineties. They were the eighties and nineties action stars. You you can I mean you can there were other people that came along, man. There were other people that tried to fucking, you know, like cash in on that. Like and I love Jean Claude Van Damme too. But he's no they're no they're not even on the level of Stallone and Schwarzenegger. No, I mean, Stallone and Schwarzenegger were, and there's others like you know, like you said, your Van Dams, your maybe your Dolph Lundgrens, your Jeff Speakmans, um, <laughs> yeah, your Steven Seagal's, <laughs> your Jeff, your Jeff Speakmans. Look, look up Jeff Speakman. Google Jeff Speakman. Subtype people. All right. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jake. Yeah, but that yeah, you're right. I mean, they were the pinnacle of yeah. the action star when we were growing up. They yeah. were number one. I mean, Schwarzenegger, Stallone's name were on so many tops of so many action movie posters while we were growing up. What do you think about this Demolition Man two thing that they're talking about? Oh, they shouldn't do that. That sounds like it'll be terrible. The first one's fun because it's shitty in the first place. Like you're not gonna thirty years later make a good sequel to what was already kind of a camp classic. Oh God, I love Demolition Man. Oh, I'm not knocking it, but I mean it's its charm is kind of its shittiness. I mean, you know, all restaurants are Taco Bell and all the sea cell jokes and just the action itself is so campy and Dennis Leary and his underground like people going on. Yeah. It's a silly movie. Yeah. Yeah, how do you do a sequel to that? You just don't, right? Yeah, you just leave it alone. Yeah, and you're not going to get, I mean, how do you get, you can't get Snipes back, can you? Oh, no way. I mean, he died in that movie. They killed him. Oh, oh, you could, you could write, write around that, I'm sure. I know you could, but like, man, yeah. I thought you were dropping like the death right now. Huh? I thought you were dropping like the news of the death right. Oh, like you thought he was saying Snipes was dead? Yeah. No, no. Wesley, guys, I'm sorry. Wesley Snipes is still alive in real life. The character died in the movie. I'm sorry if I fucking made somebody's heart skip a beat there. Wesley Snipes is still with us. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's still, he's still evading taxes, I'm sure. <laughs> he's still a criminal. Wasn't he, wasn't, was he in jail? Wasn't, wasn't that why he was in jail, Jake, tax evasion? Wesley Snipes? Yeah. I didn't know he went to jail for tax Sh- evasion. Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? Him and, it wasn't it him and James Brown went to jail for tax evasion. Wow. Wesley Snipes jail. Yeah, he was in jail Two, for. Definitely tax. Uh, 2008. Yeah, sentenced yeah. to three years. Yeah. <laughs> it was tax evasion, correct? Yeah, correct. I had no idea. Yeah. James Brown also, I, I, James Brown, I also believe it was tax evasion. Not like spousal abuse? 
Federal prison, three years, released on 2013. James yeah. James Brown was hitting hitting women. Oh, I can Google that for you. Hold on. Oh, maybe that. I don't know. Maybe that was just a knockoff thing I heard. Sorry, I'm not trying to put fake news. You, that was Ike Turner, right? Oh, James Brown going around. Please don't James tell Brown me. was sentenced to six years in prison for failing to stop for the police in a two-state automobile okay. chase. Definitely not the same fucking thing, so I'm sorry I even said that. My Jesus bad. Christ. I, we gotta watch what we have on these episodes, Jake. We got, we've got, we've got, uh, Michael Winkler, Michael Winkler besmirching the name of James Brown, calling him a woman beater on this episode, sir. Yeah, that's, that's not good. That's not good fake news. Yeah. Winkler, you gotta watch it, bro. <laughs> it's okay, man. I mean, I do it. I, I, I get stories mixed up all the time. Oh, we've had our share of fake news. Yeah, we have. Uh, there's things I still haven't apologized for on this show. That I've gotten yeah, I, f- I feel like sick to my stomach. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. I watched uh, Be Water, the Bruce Lee documentary on ESPN. This is a 30 for 30. Um, rejected by Hollywood, Bruce Lee returned to Hong Kong to complete four films, charting his struggles in two worlds. B. Water explores questions of identity and representation through rare archive, intimate interviews, and his writings. Instructed by Bao Nguyen. And, um, man, I, I'm not going to talk about this. Did either of you get a chance to see this? No. No, I'm sorry. Two hours. It's like, a, I don't know. It's like a two hour documentary that they had on ESPN. Fan fucking tastic. I thought it was great. Loved it. Um, they talked about like how he was kind of like when he was trying to make his way as a leading man in America, how he was kind of like relegated to the sidekick. Of course, like in Green Hornet, you know what I mean? He was like relegated to that sidekick and then, and then they wouldn't cast him as a leading man here. And so he went back to Hong Kong and started making these huge movies over there and making, you know, hand money hand over fist. And, um, and, uh, I, I, I thought I, I loved this documentary and it really, what really hit me so hard is like all the, um, the, all the funeral stuff at the end where they showed young Brandon Lee there mm. and knowing what happened with Brandon and seeing Brandon at his father's funeral. I kind of lost it. I did cry. I did yeah, cry. It's, it's making me sad just thinking about that. Yeah, I did cry. And, um, you know, I don't know, like all the all the home videos and stuff like that and, and hearing his daughter Shannon talk about him and, you know, his his wife talk about him and stuff like that and you know, just taken just taken from us way too soon and way too early in his career and just him being such an inspiration to so many people over the years and and um but man, did I I lost it with Brandon when they showed young Brandon Lee. How old was he in that in that footage? So young. I mean, I, he's got to be like six or seven. He's so young, man. Mm. He is super young. He might even be younger than that. He was so young. But um, 
Oh man. Yeah. It, it's a great documentary. It's on ESPN. Um, if you've never, I don't know if you've never seen a Bruce Lee movie or watched a Bruce Lee documentary before. Um, I would highly recommend watching this and maybe this will be your gateway into watching some really amazing, you know, uh, Kung Fu films. Um, Bruce Lee is just, uh, Oh God, just an amazing fucking martial artist and um i mean I, I, hollywood has been replicating his style uh, for, for for years for years so um yeah watch it uh it's called be water um it's on the if you have espn or the espn app on your roku or apple tv or whatever just watch it it's fantastic I, i'm telling you it's like it's like it's one of those things where it's like people are like, well, okay, I'm not into, I'm not, I'm not into sports, so I'm not going to watch a sports documentary, or I'm not into, I'm not into martial arts movies. I'm not going to watch this. It's, yeah, it's, that's stupid. But, I, I fucking can't stand sports, but I love sports movies. But this is history too. On the flip yeah. side, this is history. Like what Bruce Lee was fighting for. I mean, you know, like Bruce Lee was fighting for like, you know, um, Asians to be recognized by Hollywood and not mocked and not mocked in the movies. Like we had, you know, years ago we had fucking like they talk about in the movie how like, um, you know, white Americans were playing Asian roles. They had uh, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan, you know, like like th- it's ridiculous. So. Um, yeah. Watch Be Water on ESPN. Fucking Amazing! I absolutely loved it. So, check it out. That's all I got for Good Pop, Pat Pop. That's it. Oh, that was a pretty long Good Pop, Bad Pop segment, though. Long as fuck, and it, it needs to be, Jake, because the news this week is thin as shit. It's like generic spaghetti sauce. Yeah, it's like runny spaghetti sauce. It's like it's like you took. Like a fucking bottle of Prego, and then you just fucking mixed a bunch of water in with it, and then you bottled that. (laughs) Have you ever been desperate enough to fucking use ketchup as spaghetti sauce for your noodles? Have you ever tried it? That sounds disgusting. (laughs) I can't stand ketchup. You're not a ketchup? Oh, well, you don't like ketchup to begin with. I mean, I love ketchup, but I mean, that's a level that I won't go to. Oh my god, ketchup! I I I used to like I used to like ke- like I could do ketchup on like my hamburgers back in the day, but when I was younger, I didn't like ketchup with fries. And then, and Ooh. I, dude, I know, right? But hold on, years later, I was like, let's try this out. It's been a long time. And this is like, I'm an adult, I'm an adult man at this point. Like, you know, <laughs> my childhood days are long, long behind me. They're, you know what I mean? Like, I'm an adult man. I'm an adult man and I'm like, let's try this ketchup and fry thing again. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this, I don't know. People have been doing this for a long time. Let's try this. And I, I tried it and I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. My taste buds have matured, and this is good. And now I love ketchup and 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 French fries. They just go, you know what I mean? It's like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. 
No comment. Yeah. Fuck all of I'm you. Not, Fuck not, every not one of you right now. You're almost you're like our fucking non-responsive listeners when I throw a contest out there to win a Jaws 4K. So fuck yeah, you too. You're, you're like yeah, but you're asking for a comment on ketchup on pasta, bro. Like I can do like I, I don't know why I said pasta like that. I apologize, but like if, if, <laughs> you, you talk, you're talking about ketchup on pasta. <laughs> he must have just watched the Rocky you doc. Fucking, you, you know, you're talking. What are you doing? What are you doing? Talking about the the, the ketchup or the pasta? My hot dogs and pasta. You're a tortellini and ravioli. You got the raviolis, the tortellini, and the pasta. <laughs> pasta. In that order. Yeah. <laughs> Park the car in Harvard Yard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I hate this episode. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, well, yeah I was letting my Michael answer the ketchup question. I, I thought I was like, listen, you know, I'm going to hate this shit. You don't, you don't like ketchup at all, Jake? No, not at all. I, I don't know what it is about it. I, I like barbecue sauce, but I do not like ketchup. It's just gross to me. I like spaghetti sauce. I like chili. I just don't like ketchup. But just not ketchup as so even on, even like ketchup on a hamburger you can't do it. Oh no, it's gross to me. What the? You're the fucking guy ordering the burger without ketchup? Yeah, I, I don't understand oh. why ketchup. You just taste the ketchup. I to me, I want to taste that meat. They're like going through McDonald's. Like I get the guy with like ah oh, no pickles. Oh, okay, no onions, but no ketchup. Like that's un-American. Yeah, I just don't do burgers at McDonald's really at all, to be honest with you. I, I'm not ordering them plain. I'm usually ordering the fish sandwich or the chicken sandwich. Oh, my God, the filet of fish I think oh, it's delicious. Just fucking vomit in my mouth. Delicious for Seriously, I'll open my mouth, Jake. You can vomit into my mouth. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you ate before going into this scenario. You can just vomit in my mouth before I eat a filet of fish from McDonald's. What if I don't I eat a filet of fish before and then I vomit that. Into oh my god, fuck you, you oh, son of a bitch. Honestly, I think you're stuck. Stomach acid would fucking improve the flavor of the filet of fish. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, if I'm going to eat a fucking fish sandwich from a place, I'm going to go to Culver's and get their fucking Alaskan cod. Oh, no argument that that's better. No argument at all. Oh, my God. You, you're fucking eating peasant food with that fucking, that fucking filet o fish Get the fuck out of here with your filet o fish <laughs> Culver's is a long way away, man. <laughs> <laughs> Convenience. Filet uh, fish. We're driving 15 minutes to cold. Dra uh, drats. Travel time gets in the way. I'm going to eat filet fish tonight. <laughs> he said drats. Drats. Yeah, like drats. I'm a fucking 1970s cartoon villain from Hanna Barbera. I I the first time I heard drats was an Oliver Twist. <laughs> Drats. Anybody, anybody who fucking eats a filet of fish probably says drats. So deserves oh a drats. Oh my god, Jake! That that lonely single slice of cheese, that, and it's not even a full slice of cheese. Did you know that McDonald's tears the slice of cheese in half? They give you a half piece of cheese on filet of fish. Yeah, just the perfect amount. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> you fucking greedy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Jake, is that true? What's that? The half cheese? It's true. I worked it at fucking oh, dude, oh, no. dude. I fucking worked at McDonald's when I was fucking seventeen through like nineteen. And I used to make a fucking shit ton of fucking filet of fish for people. The worst is when they miss the fish, and it's just like the half slice of cheese is just like. Uh, 20% on your fish and 80% on your bun. And it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, give me a good ratio here. Yeah, yeah at least get the, the thing fish. on the fish. Right. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing back there? I mean, this, the sandwich is already shitty enough. You don't have to make it worse. <laughs> Why are you going out of your way to make this sandwich worse? I feel like all the workers, like, gather the other workers and like, guys, we got to fillet a fish. Make this shit fucking special for them, all right? Oh my He's god. He's already having a bad enough fucking night. I mean, yeah, there's really no way to make great. a, I mean, it's hard to fuck up a filet of fish. You really gotta go out of your way to fuck up a filet of fish. Oh man, we used to, oh my god. I fucking, I, when I worked at McDonald's, we, we fucking, okay, here's the thing. When I worked at McDonald's, they had, the, remember the McLean, Jake? Oh, I do. Nobody ordered the McLean. It's nope. like the Arch Deluxe, another, thing no one ordered yeah the arch deluxe nobody ordered the mclean uh, time out i'm sorry about the mclean but like what is this arch deluxe you speak of uh they introduced it during a super bowl one year and it was like their new premium burger and it just was a giant flop oh yeah. no i used to enjoy the arch deluxe i'm not gonna lie you worked there right? i worked so there were- <laughs> yeah dude i worked there I, we would make fucked up shit back there like that stuff that you couldn't eat the public couldn't eat. We would make fucked up shit. We would experiment with stuff back there. We were like Mc- fucking Mc- Bill Nye, the science guy in the fucking McDonald's, in the McDonald's, you know, fucking kitchen and shit. I like, I made McDonald's BLTs. Oh, they were so good. You took the bacon, lettuce, tomato and the fucking McDonald's buns and shit. They don't sell that on the fucking menu, but we were fucking making them back there. They were amazing. They're so fucking oh, good. Yeah. The homemade stuff you do when you actually work there is always, always the jam. Yeah, we take the pancakes. We take the pancakes that they had there and we would throw those in the fucking oil before like, before like they started fucking frying fries in the morning before they started putting fries and fish and all that other bullshit in there. We'd take the pancakes and put the, put them in the oil, fry them up a little bit. It tasted like an elephant ear from the fair, Jake. Oh, yeah, I love those fucking elephant ears and funnel cakes from the yeah. fair. Yeah, oh, I mean that sounds delicious. Uh, we take I don't know. Yeah, we do a bunch of shit. Oh my god. Well, I, I was gonna say something else. I totally forgot. I totally forgot. Doesn't matter. Probably not important. I <laughs> <laughs> <Probably> not important. <laughs> fucking fillet of fish. What a garbage oh. sandwich. What a garbage sandwich. That meat. That it's probably made from sea monkeys. Oh, yeah, probably. Not even real seafood. <laughs> even leading like 200 million sea monkeys to make one filet of fish. No, th- dude, oh, they, 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 they fucking, they, they pump their fucking, they pump their fucking chickens full of steroids to make them all fucking, I, I don't know, I heard oh, rumors. All the places do that. I can't, yeah. I heard KFC's really bad about that too. Yeah, these chickens got like fucking, dude, I heard, dude, I heard, I heard from a guy. I don't know. I heard from a guy that worked at a fucking like McDonald's, one of these McDonald's chicken farms that they pump these fucking, they, they pump the chickens full of steroids and these chickens 
they get they grow these pus pockets on them. And then they take the they take hoses like these fucking hoses and they spray these fucking chickens down and they pop these pus pockets. Ugh. And then they yeah and then they fucking yeah it's disgusting it's fucking gross that's what that's what we're eating Jake chicken oh, pus pockets. Well, we're, yeah, oh. after yeah, I don't know. They're, I don't know. There's imagine that they miss hosing out a pus pocket and they fry it up as a nugget. No, that's what they. That's how. That's that's your fillet of fish, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> chicken nuggets. I don't know, and I don't know. I, I tell you what, McDonald's fucking fries are amazing, though. I don't give a fuck. Every once in a while, I just need. I just need to eat McDonald's fries. Yeah, I agree. They're delicious. It, it sucks when you get old ones, though. So they really need to be hot and fresh, or they're not so great. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the stale oh, ones. Like, Every once in a while, some I, of my shitty friends used to. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the apology there at the end. Right, some of my shitty friends used to order no salt so they get fresh fries every time. Oh, I, I do that trick. I To this day, I still do that trick. Are you calling me shitty? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> dude, that is like you want yeah. you want I'm fresh. <laughs> oh, no. You want fresh shit from McDonald's, dude, because like that's like like people that work at McDonald's, like a lot of them are lazy as fuck and they don't want to cook fresh shit. So like I used to keep a salt shaker in my car just for that reason. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When when they had the McLean, and this is the reason I brought it up. When they had the McLean, nobody fucking ordered that thing. So we'd like make like a few of them, and then like they'd be sitting there in this fucking like bin for forever. And you're supposed to throw them out, <laughs> but then like somebody comes up and they fucking order a McLean. I have seen people. I've seen people take those old McLean's, Jake, that are, like, dried up, that look like a fucking hockey puck, Ugh. and they throw them back on the grill with, like, the fresh grease that's, like, on the grill and shit, just to make it, just to grease that fucking, juice, juice it up a little bit, you know what I mean? Take that old fucking, you know what I mean? Juice it up a that's little bit. Up. And then I've seen it done before. <laughs> I have seen it done before. I have seen some fucked up shit happen in the back of a McDonald's. I've seen. I'm sure anyone that works at one has. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've yeah. never worked at one, but I've seen some shitty stuff in the back of a McDonald's before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Let's. T- you guys want to take a break? <laughs> take a break. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go get a flare of it. <laughs> oh, oh god. Dude, I have McDonald's next to my house too. I might get one. Flare of fishes, Jake, scared me from fish sandwiches for years, dude. Like I think oh, really? the Filet of Fish was my yeah. first fish sandwich, and it was so awful that it scared me away from fish sandwiches in general. And <laughs> it took years. It took years. Before I fucking tried another fish sandwich. And I was like, you know what? They're not all bad. It's just the filet of fish is garbage. <laughs> yeah, Burger King makes a really good fish yeah. sandwich, too. I've never had a burger. I, I don't know. I'm very particular. Yeah, that should. 
That shit drove me away from Gordon's fish for like a quite. Oh, a long I time. can't stand that shit. Fish sticks are disgusting to me. Ugh. Oh man, I grew up on fish it's sticks. Just a fillet of fish, but in smaller portions. No, it tastes different. It's it's way grosser to me. I grew up on fish sticks. A fillet of fish is exactly like that. Yeah, but you put it on bread with half a half slice, slice of, of cheese. cheese. Not even a full slice of cheese. Carbs. The more carbs is the difference. Yeah. I don't know. Let's take a break. This is fucking dumb. We're, we're, we're yeah, doing. I was like, oh, we're doing this again. We're, yeah. We're doing circles. We're just, we're just going back to the filet of fish and how shitty it is. And I get, listeners get it too. It's all right. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't funny then. It's not funny now. It's not getting funnier. All right. Uh, I, I'm excited for news, though. Sorry, I was uh, shitty before. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited. No, no, no. I'm just joking. Hold on. I'm excited for the point in the show where I say, and just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for listening. Like that's the point where I'm looking forward to that point. That that's yeah. that, that's where we end this fucking episode. Yeah, this one needs the old yeller treatment at this point. No, yeah, I talked uh, about that. We talked about that execution that happened in the five bloods earlier. <laughs> Seriously, if there was a meme of this episode, it would be like our listeners would be the ones holding the gun and the person blood. that had the fucking yeah, blood <laughs> pouring out of their fucking skull is this episode. <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> We'll be right back. <laughs> baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Baking pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Baking pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. All right, we're back. Awesome. You get you gonna slap something? Huh? Punch the table again? Last time you were back, you were like, "We're back." We're back. Did I do that? Is that a thing? The cat made a noise. Oh, and the cat, said, yeah. It was you punching the table in excitement. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. We'll do that. Hey, we're back. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, time for the pop culture leftover snooze. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Ah, quick news here. Tenet's been delayed two weeks from July 17th to now July 31st. They're going to be... uh dropping uh re-releasing uh ten uh inception excuse me in uh theaters on the 17th instead so we gotta wait two more weeks for fucking tenant that's cool to get another chance to see inception on the big screen yeah i haven't watched that movie in quite a long time i might revisit that soon it's on netflix i think yeah i believe i own it digitally wonder woman 1984 has also been pushed back for, I think it's a third or fourth time now to October 2nd, 2020, yeah. this year. Every time Gal Gadot's on Twitter like, yay, this will finally be the date where you're going to see my movie. And it's like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no shit. So, yeah, it's going to come out, come out October 2nd. So it's 
supposed to come out in August. And so this movie is supposed to come out in November of last year originally. Yeah, that that's wild. Now it's coming out and it's almost a year delayed. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. It's no new mutants though. Like you can't, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you can't compete with no, new mutants. No, you can't. You can't. It hasn't been delayed because of reshoots or the studios being scared or the studios being bought by another studio. New mutants has had the craziest reasons to be delayed. Delayed. I <sighs> got news here from Dark Horizons. Uh, Amazon plans live action Promise Neverland. Oh my god. I, I loved Promise Neverland. This is an anime. And, uh, Fox 21 Television Studios and Amazon is gonna produce this one. It's based on the, uh, manga series. And I loved the anime. Uh, Kayu Shira and Pazuka Demizu's manga followed a group of the smartest kids at a seemingly idyllic orphanage who uncover its dark truth when they break a rule to never leave the orphanage grounds. Once the truth is discovered, they begin to plan an escape to save all the children. And yeah, that's, that's Dark Horizon's take on, uh, you know, the, the synopsis, I guess, of this show. The dark truth, let me, I've, I've watched the anime. The dark truth is actually that the kids are being eaten by demons once they hit a certain age. Yeah, yeah. So basically like this one little girl, yeah, she hits, she, she's like, oh, you're, you're going to be adopted by a family. Say goodbye to all your friends that you've come to know and live and live with and love. And she's, she's going to get adopted. Yay. Family. Finally going to be a part of a family. And she leaves her little teddy Not bear. so much. She leaves like a little teddy bear, a doll or something, like her favorite little fucking, like, you know, plush animal. And so the kids are going to bring it to her. And so they leave the orphanage grounds to, like, give her this, uh, to give her the, her doll back before she leaves. And what they witness is the girl being handed over to these demons and the demons eat the kids' brains. And the kids come back to the orphanage and they tell a select group of other children, we're being raised for this. We're being raised <laughs> to be eaten by demons eventually. And like the demons want the smartest children. Like... <laughs> They, they raise these kids, they teach them in these schools, and the smarter the kids are, the better that they score on their test scores, uh, the better they taste, apparently, to the demons. But the kids, when they try to plan this escape, they find out that this place is like pretty much a fortress. It's not easy. There's these walls that they have to climb over to even attempt this escape, and these walls are just insane and uh there's more obstacles um there are there are these uh women that kind of like look over the kids they call them sisters or something and uh they look over these kids some of them are nuts man it's like and and they were raised you find out that they were raised as as these children too but some of them are given the opportunity to become these sisters and raise future children 
And so like, even though they know what's going to happen to these kids, they're raising these kids to basically like kind of like cattle to be, to be, to be eaten by these demons. I don't know, Jake, this fucking manga, you can watch it on Hulu. It is fantastic. It's called Promise. It's a, it's a series. It's a series. Yeah. There's been one season released. It's fantastic. I loved it. It's dark. Um, I love the main kid is Norman and he's a very, he's very smart and, um, he's trying to get these kids out of there. I love this fucking show. It's so good. And, and, and I hope that they do a live action version on this on Amazon, right? Because I, I, I really love this, this anime. Hmm. You think it's the kind of thing that you could do a good story in a two hour movie though? I don't know. Depends on who they got directing this thing, man. Hmm. Is it coming back for season two? Uh, I've heard that it is, but like, man, I've been waiting a couple years now. It feels like a couple years. Hmm. Doesn't it feel January like January 2021 announcement? Yeah, it doesn't it feel like with some of the animes, it feels like they just do like a one, uh, a one season just to get you to read the manga. Yeah, it does feel like that. Like it needs to hit a certain amount of, of views or something. I don't know what they judge it by, but they do these really long stories and they just never finish it mm-hmm. animated wise. Yeah. Um, there's so many anime where you don't get the ending and you have to read it to get the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched the promise, uh, promise Neverland on, uh, you, you can watch it on Hulu. I think it's like on, I think it's on Crunchyroll as well. But if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it if you're into anime. Even if you're not into anime, give it a shot. You might like it. It's dark. It's cool. Uh, Adam F. Goldberg, he's the uh, creator of the ABC series The Goldbergs. Looks like he pitched a Goonies sequel. He is promising it's happening, Jake. He's promising it's happening. He tweeted... Shortly after the Goonies reunion on Reunited Apart, hosted by Josh Gad, I rival Josh Gad as ultimate fan of the Goonies. For the last nine years, I've been secretly writing part two for fun. It's my masterpiece. I even had a big meeting scheduled with Richard Donner, canceled because of the lockdown. The Goonies 2 will happen when life resumes. Promise. Wow. Are you excited? I do. I am. I am cautiously. God damn. I don't know. I mean, he's excited about it. He's certainly excited about it. Like their, their biggest thing is that here, here's it. This came from Slash Film, and he and it goes on to say, Adam F. Goldberg first pitched Richard Donner on The Goonies 2 back in 2005. But the director didn't think that any of the ideas came close to matching the awe of the pirate ship in the original movie. But the meeting led to Goldberg working on a script for Goonies, the musical, though Donner ended up hiring an unnamed writer from The Simpsons to tackle it instead. There were no hard feelings, and it only fueled Goldberg's fire more to do something related to the Goonies. As Goldberg told us, since 2006, I laid awake at night thinking, how do you beat Pirate Ship? 
inspiration finally struck back in 2013 when Goldberg was working on an episode of the Goldbergs. Um, I lost my place. Uh, Oh God, I fucking suck this episode. Yeah, I, get, I get it. Uh, he, oh, that dedicated to the Goonies. Uh, ever since then, he's been developing the sequel on on spec with the hope of pitching his idea to Donner. The idea became a treatment. The treatment turned into a script, and there's even this concept art that Goldberg shared with with uh, Slash Film. If you want to check that out. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, it, he's promising this is going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, it's just really weird. I, it just how are they going to do it? Are they doing the kids of the kids, or are the adults on an adventure? I think like the billet. I think I know. I from everything I've heard over the years, the original cast wants to get. They want to get back together. Yeah, from what I've heard, that's the case too. And and see if I can find this concept art. Here's what the article says. Unfortunately, Goldberg wasn't willing to give any any story details, but his pitch definitely involves seeing the original cast as adults and exploring their relationships after all these years. And it appears a young lady gets involved in the adventure this time, too. The uh, the concept art for it looks fantastic, though. I mean, um, I know it's not... A guarantee that it's going to happen, but uh, if it does, what uh, Goldberg's cooking up, along with this concept art, which um, when I saw the concept art, it's like a big skull with some kids around it looking inside. I knew like the uh, style looked familiar. That was by uh, Michael Barnard, who worked on the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, so like that's that style is very like. Uh, Nuance, like it's, it's very like particular, and the uh, there's a message on the skull which translates to, "One mistake shall rain down fear, feel the wrath of the devil's tears," which is you know it's kind of like the original. We got a little bit of a, a map message here. We shall see. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the original cast will come back and uh, they'll inject some new blood into this with like they, they're talking about this younger girl or whatever. Everybody's doing that, Jake. Yeah. 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 And with Goonies, it makes sense. So they did have a girl, right? There <laughs> are multiple girls in Goonies. Yeah, a couple but it's one of the main cast, though. It's one of the main kids. Wasn't it just one? No, it was Martha Plimpton and then the other girl that, like... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Josh Brolin wanted to bang. That's right, that's right. The Kind of the more nerdy girl. No, the Martha Plimpton was the nerdy girl. The girl that Josh Brolin wanted to bang was the girl from Lucas that fucking Charlie Sheen wanted to bang. But also <laughs> Corey, Hang, Corey Haim wanted to bang her, too. The real Corey Haim or the character? The character in Lucas. You remember no, Lucas? Never Lucas? You've never seen Lucas? No, I don't think so. Oh, I Lucas. love Lucas. Lucas is a great movie. Very young uh, Winona Ryder in that movie. Charlie Sheen. 1986. 1980. Oh, I love Lucas. Lucas was fantastic. Such a great movie. 
There's locusts. I've never seen, I've never seen this. Oh my God, Jake, that's a gap in your fucking 80s movies. You have to check it out. It sounds like it'd be good. I love Lucas. It's a great movie. She was in that. She was in Goonies and she was in Lucas, that girl. Jeremy Piven's in it. He's got to be super young in it. He had hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, and he started losing his hair and you saw that in, uh, Judgment Night. And then he did one of the, the hair replacement things or something. He went to Bosley or something. Now, he, and then, then we got Jeremy Piven with hair again. Remember when he got mercury? Remember when he said he got mercury poisoning? I don't know that story. <laughs> when when was that in his career? That was over ten years ago. He said he got mercury poisoning from eating fish, and like it's all it's impossible. It's almost impossible to get mercury poisoning from. You got to eat a lot of fish to get mercury poisoning. A lot of fish fillets. He was eating a lot of filet of fish. <laughs> Goonies too. I'm worried about it. I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know how this. I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm worried about it. Yeah, it seems like a hard proposition to make a good movie this many years later. And on Goonies and Spielberg's not going. It's it's going to be another Spielberg thing. And Spielberg's not going to direct it. It's going to be another like you know what was it James Mangold's directing the uh, uh, Spielberg's Indiana not Jones. Indiana Jones yeah James Mangold's not, Spielberg's not directing Indiana Jones five it's James Mangold which I I don't know I think that that might be good though Jake because James Mangold look look what he did look what he did with an old Logan. Yeah, yeah, we saw what Spielberg did coming back to Indiana Jones with Crystal Skull. We yeah. don't need that again. Maybe we need fucking James Mangold. He can just direct old people really well. I want to see James Mangold do like a <laughs> fucking reboot of the Golden Girls. See how that would turn out. I mean, it'd, be, it'd be great, except really <laughs> sad when they all die at the end. Why do you got to do that, man? I, I just think that's what Mangold would do. Mm. That's his style, right? Indiana Jones is going to die at the end of his Indiana Jones movie, probably. I don't know. Do you think so? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like that's a character that Harrison Ford and Spielberg might want to kill off. I don't, they, dude. Dude, they if, very protective. If about they that. do that, it's not canon. It's not canon with the Indiana Jones Chronicles that fucking show. Because in that show, they fucking Harrison Ford showed up in that show. Didn't he show up and he was an old fucking Indiana Jones with like an eye patch? I don't know about that. Dude, I'm going to – god damn it. Now I got to Google this fucking shit. Indiana Jones eye patch. Indiana well, comes Jones. up, so. Indiana Jones eye patch. Oh, and the young Indiana Jones crime. These pictures are ridiculous. Here we go. Here we go. Indiana Jones 5. Horrible news. Indy will lose his right eye, and this is why. <laughs> this is from this is from Express. Yeah, I, I, dude, I remember an old fucking episode of the Indiana Jones Chronicles. I feel like Harrison Ford shut up, did a cameo, and he fucking had an eye patch on. Or somebody played Indiana Jones and had an eye patch on. It was him in like old man makeup, which yeah. is hilarious. Like he, he basically looks like what he looks like now in the makeup then. 
It was a 1992 episode. This old Indiana Jones always had an eye patch over his right eye and a long scar that starts on his forehead and goes through the eye and ends on his cheek. If fucking, if he doesn't lose his fuck, if he doesn't lose his fucking eye and have a scar by the end of Indiana Jones 5 and he dies, it's not canon. It's bullshit, Jake. It's gonna be just like Nick Fury. It's gonna be a cat gets his eye. Yeah. All right, let's see here. What do I got? What do I got? DC news. No Marvel news this week. Nothing fucking happened in Marvel. Uh, news from comicbook.com. Aerostar, Stephen Amell's neighbor, has defecated on the roof of the actor's home. Wow, this is our leading news this week. Yeah. DC news. And he has photo evidence to prove it. Have you guys seen the picture? So, uh, Stephen Amell, who plays, uh, <laughs> who plays, uh, who plays uh, in the Aero show. Have you seen, have you, have you guys yeah, seen? Yeah, I, I did see this. I, some of the comments were cracking me up. Someone was like, hey, they left the last two seasons of Arrow on your roof. <laughs> <laughs> Despite Arrow star Stephen O'Neill's best efforts to be a good neighbor, tensions with a nearby resident have escalated, culminating in odd response to a conflict involving illegal construction. O'Neill's neighbor evidently, evidently defecated on the roof of the actor's home in response to Amel and his wife complaining about an illegal construction project that has been in the works for over three years. The actor posted photos of his neighbor's act the day after the foul act was committed on social media as proof. Online online responses have varied, but generally consist of a combination of shock and humor, some referencing his time as Green Arrow. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this is what he said in his tweet. Our next-door neighbor has been illegally doing construction for three years. Cass got upset with her after we did everything we could to be neighborly, Cass called her out multiple times on Memorial Day weekend. The next day, she snuck into our backyard and shit on our roof. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys seen the picture of the piece of shit? I have. Yeah. (laughs) That, uh, that, I mean, I'm not a shit expert, but uh, I don't know if that looks, does that look human? I don't know, dude. It's different colors, right? I mean, it could have been out in the sun for a while before they knew it was there and photographed it. But it's different colors of turds. Right. But that's possible because I – are we going to – are we going to get – okay. Is shit, I mean, shit going to get real? Is shit going to get real right now? Am I just going to be real with this shit? Ooh. Shit is real on his roof. Let me I'm get, down to get real with the shit. Let me get real with this shit. I'm looking at it right now, and you do have different colors of poop here. Um, it does, I don't know, Jake, I don't know, Winkler, like, you've got some of this poop, it kind of, like, some of it, could it be dog poop? Yeah. They just move dog poop to the roof, I, I could see that, that'd be easier than actually doing the act of shitting on the well, roof. I think the giveaway is the, uh, the positioning of the three turds. Yeah, yeah, you have, you have a, you have a sp- like a like it almost looks like a a light brown turd that's kind of like dried <laughs> in the front that's like the front and center turd 
behind that turd is the longer of the turds. This is more of a, this is more of a brown kind of like fudge like turd. Mm. And then that piece broke off and there's a smaller and it almost looks like, and it's next to that turd. And it almost looks like the turd emoji that you would see on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, let's do fuck, Mary kill these three turds. <laughs> let's not. Damn, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Good call. I don't know. I don't know. I, is it a real turd from a human being? I don't think Stephen Amell <clears throat> would lie. Well, I don't know if he knows. I vote no. I bet he's a detective enough that he went up there and smelled it, or at least poked it to make sure it was real. <laughs> oh, I know it's a real turd. I just don't know if it's from a human. I don't know if it's from a human either. Could be from a dog. No, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think they actually did the act of shitting it up there, even if whether it's human or not. I think they moved the turds to the roof. Yeah. Wow! So you think that Boy, this is like, this is top headlining DC news right here? See, Imagine if Stephen Amell like got the photo of her shitting on the roof. Like that would be top news. Oh, that'd be a lot of retweets. Oh my god! Have you ever heard of uh, shit on the shingle? That food? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, creamed beef, cream chip beef. Yeah, this is literally shit on a shingle that I'm looking at right now. That's hilarious. It probably tastes just as good. Um, I don't know. It looks, I don't know. It could be a human turd though. I don't know. It's just like, I think like maybe nobody shits like that. No, that is not human poop. They, they, Jake, you're right. Nobody poops like that. (laughs) Nobody poops like that. There's not poop like that, man. If I, it's, nobody's gonna poop like that. That's not. That's moved. Somebody moved it. Somebody moved that poop. Dude, at best, I think the the closest thing to human poop might be the center sausage, but the two buns on the outside could be dog poop. So if this person really hated Stephen Amell, they could have shit a log. And then threw the dog shit in with it and then put it on the roof. I think like the first poop that's closest to us, I think that could, that looks like dog shit. I honestly think like the one that's far in the back, that tiny little darker brown turd could be human poop. Just like a little, (laughs) just like a little, you know what I mean? Like your butt just like squeezes out just a little bit of a turd, like a hard (laughs) A hard turd. You ever had like those turds like where you shit and it's like it's been sitting in there a while and you know <laughs> that it's a hard turd and you push it out and it's just like it's very dense. It's a very dense turd. Uh, oh wow, mine just zoomed in for no reason. That's amazing. I'm really getting a look at it now. But like I did it. I did the zoom in. Mine did too. Ago. Yeah. So like okay. So now. You got that. <laughs> you've, you've, you've knocked out those, those, those fucking hard turds. You've knocked them out and now you can get to the soft center, the creamy center, the creamy center of your poop. 
<laughs> it's kind of like a deep fried Twinkie at that point. Yeah, yeah. You have that shit that's been sitting in there for a while that your body ha- that your body needs to get out. Like th- that's the kind of shit that's hard to get out. Like that's the kind of shit that's going to give you fucking hemorrhoids. You know what I mean? The reverse butt plug. Yeah, and like, I, that looks like dog poop. I I don't know, man, dude. Props to her though for getting on his roof and taking a shit. Good for her. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I think it's a bad move on his part too. Like, I think he thinks I'm going to post this on Twitter and Instagram and really embarrass this person. But I really feel like it it worked the other way around. I feel like everyone's so mostly making clout. fun of him. At the end of the day, it's just going to want. It's going to make more people want to shit on his roof. It made me want to go shit this rough when I saw the tweet. I'm not going to lie. Dude, I'm, yeah. Like, remember, do you remember the Breaking Bad episode where they threw the pizza on top of that roof of that house? Oh, yeah, that house just gets slaughtered with that pizza. And people, people would fucking go to that house and throw pizzas on that roof. And the owners of the house, of the Breaking Bad house, had to fucking, like, beg people and put out, like, signs and shit asking people not to throw pizzas on the roof. And I think Stephen Amell is just asking for more people to come out and take a shit on his fucking roof, dude. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, fucking hey, I'm gonna I want to go shit on other like CW stars roofs. I'm gonna go shit on like yeah. Grant Gustin's roof. Yeah, you need to do it because then this will start a fucking CW Twitter war. <laughs> a oh, CW boy. shitter war. Ooh. <laughs> uh, good branding. Mm. Dude, that'll sell more t-shirts than anything they got going now. Whoa. Yeah, you're... you're... I mean, I'm just kidding. Sorry. No, your audio went weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> Complete silence always fixes it. Yeah, no, that helps. Uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman rumor from comicbook.com. They're saying that uh, Daniel Rickman, uh, he's kind of like a scooper. Uh, he has, uh, he's saying. You need to get him over to Stephen Amell's house. And take it. He's not, he's not a pooper. I said a scooper. <laughs> well, yeah, get that poop off the roof. Oh, you can scoop the poop. Um, it, he's saying Reeves is planning for the Joker to appear in the second and third movies as one of the film's multiple villains. This new Joker will be referenced in 2021's The Batman, and casting for the role has not yet begun. Uh, there's no official word on whether or not a Joker will be coming to the movies from Warner Brothers or Matt Reeves. Another rumor suggests the trilogy could bring Bane into the mix as well. So, um, there's uh, yay the same old tired villains they always use. It's. I don't know. I, tired villain, the Joker, Jake. Tired villain. It just yeah, had a, I mean, it, it a huge movie. It just had a yeah. huge movie with 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 the Joker starring Joaquin that was, Phoenix. That wasn't a Batman movie. I know. Probably won't be that. But Joker. no, I'm saying I'm saying you're saying that it, that it's a tired villain. A tired villain, the Joker. This character, the Joker's been around for eighty years. It's a tired villain. We're tired. I'm tired of Joker. Yeah, I'm tired of him as a Batman nemesis in either the first or the second movie of every series they do. 
So I don't know. We'll see. Oh man, you. What's okay? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of the. I'm not tired of the fucking Heath Ledger performance. I'm not tired of the Jack Nicholson performance. I'm not I'm tired, tired of, the, of them always going to the Joker default right away. I, I think the the big movie is a bigger reason why they shouldn't do that. Let it let it sit still for a minute. Make an, either make another Joker centric movie or leave them out of Batman for at least another decade. Jesus. I don't know. Like, I mean, if they, all right. Um, I know they're rumoring like Joker being in the sequels after the first one. So I think that might be a good, a good story to throw in for the second or the third movie or both. But Jake, um, Jake's tired of Batman, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, you've said it on past episodes that they should shelve Batman. So, I mean, yeah, I just I, I just hate how it's the, it feels like the same exact formula that Nolan did at this point, where we do something different in the first movie, then we do Joker in the second movie, and I don't know. I, I just, know, but like I get, I understand what you're saying. I'm not arguing with you, and I know that there are people out there that are like, give me something new. I mean, Batman has a deep gallery of rogues that you could be showcasing. We still haven't gotten a Clayface. They, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's. Yeah. I, I get it. I, Jake, I 100%. You saying Bane really made me kind of cough, too. Cause it's like, Ooh. Bane's not even the biggest Batman villain in the comic books. And we're going to go back to that well for the third time in a third Batman franchise? Let me throw this out to you. Like, what if, okay, could casting turn this around for you, though, with the Joker? What if, yeah, hold possibly. on. No, let me throw this out there. I don't know, like, who is, do you have a, do you have like a, like a casting for Joker that's kind of like your ultimate fan casting right now? Not really, honestly. Winkler. No think of. Do you have an ultimate fan casting for the Joker? Me? Yeah, yeah, your name's Winkler. Do you have an ultimate fan casting oh, for the Joker? Oh, you cut, I must have cut out one. Oh, you're cool, you're um, cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, the person I want to say, I might get laughed out of the fucking studio. Cool. I want to, uh, I think if we can get a, uh, greeted up kind of grindy Timothy Chalamet, I think that might be cool. Hmm. It's not the worst suggestion to be quite honest with you. I just think like he, he's like, I'm not around the same age as, uh, Pattinson, but, um, when they get to where they're going, I know what Jake's saying, dude, like the fucking Joker has been played out on a lot of platforms, especially the films. And I don't want to see it in the first one. Like I said, like I think the first Reeves movie should be strictly Batman, and then we see his past, and maybe we see one or two throw-in villains. But I want to see the Joker in that series. I think the Joker is such a huge part of the Batman series that, I don't know, I feel like it deserves to be there. And if we can get a good spin on it and a good actor to play it, I, I don't think Charlemagne would be that bad of a choice, to be honest with you. I'm personally saying I want Adam Driver as the Joker. Yeah, that would get me excited to see what that okay. would look like. Adam Driver is the Joker. I think like I think it does come down to casting at the end of the day, you know? I mean 
I think I think that would cause some excitement for people if if you could get Adam Driver into that role. Yeah, I really do. Th- I think you're on something there, man. I think well, Driver's not everybody's excited good. about Driver. Some people think that Driver's just overrated. They watch the fucking the Marriage Story on Netflix, and they're just like, "Oh, he wasn't that good in it." I I honestly think Adam Driver is one of the best up and coming actors out right now. Real, real quick, like just. For the people that are saying like Adam Driver's overrated, what have they seen him in? You know what I'm saying? Like, you've seen him in Star Wars and Marriage Story. Like, he hasn't really. What was like, the Cohen brothers? Seen the Last Klansman? Everything he's done, he's been fantastic in. What was that's the, what I mean? What like, was the Cohen brothers? Great. Well, I guess you could say that. What was that fucking comedy? Oh, that zombie the comedy? Or the dead? Or the dead uh, won't fuck, die? I'm or sorry. Yeah, that, the dead don't die. That script don't he, work. He was the best part of that garbage. So it's mm. like this guy is this guy is good. And the more people say like he's a novelty or like he can only be a villain or something like that, like they really don't know what they're talking about. I'm with opinion. I'm with Jake though, where it and when I read this that I, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here, okay? Because like Number one, like I will say, like Batman goes with the Joker. Like that's his, that's his arch nemesis. Like you can't have a Batman. You can't, at the end of the day, if you're going to start a new Batman series, you can't just leave the Joker out like he doesn't exist. But on the flip side, making one movie, teasing the Joker is exactly what fucking Nolan did with, uh, with, with, with the, tr- with the card at the end of the, with the, with the playing card at the end of the movie of, of Batman Begins where they tease the Joker. And it's just like, okay, we're going to give you one movie and then Joker's next. It's the exact same thing that fucking yeah. Nolan did. Like I hear what you're saying. I think it, I think it might benefit the franchise as a whole if they just throw it into the third. You know, like even if it's just the third, just to throw a new spin on the Joker. Because however many we've had, we've had the uh, Suicide Squad Joker. Obviously, we know how that went. We've had the Walking Phoenix Joker. We know how that went. So it's like there is opportunity here to put a new joker onto the scene and to give a new rendition of it like there's no there's not going to be a stale joker whether you know? whether like, you're a comic an opportunity whether you're a comic book writer or a director or whatever you're always going to want to put your spin on these iconic characters 100%. I, I think that that's where Hollywood fucks up a lot though, Jake. I think like, this might be, this might sound silly, but the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out. Do you remember the, the, the first design of Sonic that we got? Yeah. Terrible, right? Oh yeah, meme worthy bad. But what was it? I honestly, honestly at the end of the day, like, we know what works. We know what Sonic looks like. But what do, what do we get? We get a bunch of creatives in there, right? We get a bunch of creatives in there that are like, oh, let's let's do something different. Let's reinvent the character. Yeah, let's, take away his gloves. Give him more human teeth. Yes, <laughs> dude. <laughs> is that is that or is that not what 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 creatives do? Sometimes they want to put their own spin on something. They want to they you know what I mean. They want to make it different. They want to make their mark, right? And then yeah, we end oh, up yeah. we end up getting that fucking 
bullshit. How can you be? Here's the thing. Like, I don't know how many movies Matt Reeves is going to do, but like, what if they tell Matt Reeves, like, yeah, Joker, you can do it. Like, how can you, if you're, a, if you're fucking Matt Reeves, how can you possibly turn down the Joker? That's got to be hard to be like, nah, you know, I don't want to do the Joker. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a different I'm character. I'm going to take my chance with Clayface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I, Jake, I get it. Like, this is, okay, if this, if this is true, it's going to be the third actor to play the Joker in less than 10 years. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It really is. Like, we, You've, here's the thing with the Spider-Man movies in the MCU have we even gotten a hint at Norman Osborn other than speculation yeah no they did it back to back with the Raimi and the uh, Mark Webb stuff but they've kind of left it out of the MCU stuff we've got two Spider-Man movies and I they've not hinted at Norman Osborn it's been speculation We've been speculating that, oh, Norman Osborn might buy the old, you know, uh, Tony Stark Avengers Tower. Or, and, but there's also been speculation that, you know, Reed Richards might buy it and it might be the Baxter building. Like, we don't know, but there's been no hint at Norman Osborn. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the MCU. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. That's definitely the analog character from Spider-Man to Batman. But I think it's a little bit easier to resist because it's still not that, like, super iconic 70, 80-year-long legacy of a character. Well, it's easier to resist when you can throw in Robert Downey Jr. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? It, you can throw in Iron Man. Like, I don't know. It's like... Yeah, I mean, that's like, Brian, you just brought it up. That's something, like, crazy to think about. Like, if they didn't have an Iron Man to throw in for those scenes in the first Spider-Man, like, would they have thrown in a villain? Well, I mean, we, we, we had our villain. We had Vulture, you know, in that first one. Then we had Mysterio. They And Rhino. Yeah. No, Rhino was in the. Oh, that was the that was the Mark. That was Webb. the Mark <laughs> Webb sequel. I, I'm talking about the MCU strictly. Like Kevin Feige has like really. <laughs> Paul Giamatti is the Rhino. Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but, but, that liar just died in blue. Kevin Feige and the people at Sony have not given us a. Like oh my, they have not given us a Green Goblin. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, it's hard. It, it's got to be hard for like a director to be if they're given the green light that they can use the Joker to not want to put their stamp on the Joker and to give like the role to another actor, you know, of the Joker to somebody. Like I've heard. Like I've heard. We've had you know listeners say like, yeah, we I want Jake Gyllenhaal as the Joker, and I can see that. I can. Totally see that. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal's fantastic. After seeing like Nightcrawler, you could definitely like get those undertones yeah. of him being the Joker for sure. I mean, I can do fan casting all day for the Joker. Adam Driver, Dude, Jake Gyllenhaal. Fan casting. Yeah. So like it's, it's, he's a, it's a hard character not to want to 
throw into a Batman movie. But I get you, Jake. Like, I'm totally there with you. Like, I don't want Joker fatigue. And I feel like they could actually wait to do the Joker. Think about 10 years in movies. It's not that long. Yeah. It's not. It's think about how long we've been watching these MCU movies. Yeah, it's been what, five years for two. How many movies have they come out with? How many movies have they come out in the MCU within the past eleven years? Like twenty plus movies now? Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, ten years isn't that long. It's not. They don't, Warner Brothers never seems to be able to keep the creative team for Batman around that long. They keep the creative and, team around and keep the actor around. They could really uh, explore a lot of, I think, I think like give, give Pattinson at least three movies under his belt and then consider, and then don't, yes, give Pattinson three movies under his belt. See how those do, and then reinject this franchise franchise with new life, and be like, now you're getting, you're finally getting the Joker. And I'm talking seven to ten years down the road. There's plenty of other stories that they could tell. In the meantime, you've got wait, like, like in this this first movie, they're already teasing the penguin. They're already, you know, like we're getting Colin Farrell, we're getting Paul Dano as the Riddler, we're getting Catwoman played by Zoe Kravitz, and there's so many other Batman villains that they could actually they could, they could do things with. Jake, I think like you could you could you could give the character of the Joker in the films a, a, a decade break, and it could still work. And I think it could be huge if they did it. Oh, yeah. People would lose their minds. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Nolan stuff. It, it, at that point, it had been a very long time since the Jack Nicholson Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that Joker card made your brain explode. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I don't know. I don't know if they can resist. I don't know. Like if you, if I don't you, think they can. I don't I think, think they can. The, the movie being so popular is just more fuel on the fire for that. Mm-hmm. And the the main public, most of the main public are just like, oh, Joker, yeah, Joker and Batman. That's what we need. Go together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Was that, was that a Rob Schneider quote? Hey, oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That is getting meatball. <laughs> I love it. Um, what do we got here? Star Wars news. Uh, yeah, we're gonna end this shit after Star Wars news. I'm sorry guys. You know, between you guys not sending emails, and writing iTunes reviews, the and and not contributing to our Jaws contest. These episodes, I feel like I'm speaking to no one, Jake. I feel like there's no one listening. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, I feel like it's the same five people listening. I feel like Dan West listens. I feel like our buddy Wayne Swigert, semi at semi dry chicken on Twitter listens. I feel like uh, I feel like who else listens, Jake? Who else would who else would you consider like serious listeners? Like serious listeners. 
Hmm. It's a short list. I think Matt Kirby. I think he's in there. Is he still listening? Oh, uh, uh, Uncle Winkler. Uh. Wink. Oh, dude, fucking Michael Winkler listens. Matt. Kirby, I, yeah, Matt Kirby does listen. Joe Stark listens. What's nice is like every once in a while I'll get a message from Matt Kirby and oh Matt Kirby and Joe Stark. Every once in a while I'll get a message from them, and they'll be like, "Thank you." That last episode, I absolutely loved it. It made me laugh. And it's like, it's an episode that I usually think like sucked or something like that. And they're like, oh, it was great. I loved it. And I'm like, thank you. And then Brooke still listens. No, she doesn't. She's like, (laughs) she's no, she's behind. She's trying to catch up, but she's fucking behind. She's fucking around. Who knows what the fuck Uh, she's doing? So Brian, like, I know, I know you're doing this like, uh, thing right now and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I know it's thoughtful. But I just want to tell you that, like, you were like, Brooke, yeah, she's trying to catch up and all that shit, right? There was a time where I was, like, going through some fucking shit. Yeah. And uh, my job no longer let me listen to music and podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I missed, like, four or five episodes. And I'm not going to lie to you. I just jumped to the most present one. I'm not going to... don't feel, don't feel bad. So I apologize. Yeah, but I just jumped right to the present. There are people that all... Like, that seems like counterintuitive to listen 20 back just to get to where we are now. I get it. But you're missing out on some great stuff. Oh, bomb material. <laughs> and I don't want to make that like, yeah, I'm not trying to make I, it stand. No. I'm like, just saying, like. I'll talk to people that are like, that, that like listen to the show and that like I message with and like they'll say like, like. They'll be like, oh man, I'm sorry, I haven't listened to like the, they apologize. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I don't, if you, <laughs> dude, I get it. Life gets in the way. I, uh, you know, if I'm not important to you anymore, I get it. Oh, <laughs> you throw that at him, bro. No, wow, if I, no, cold. no, if I'm not that important to you, I fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time in your life where you made time for me. But now you're past that. Things have changed. There's been obstacles. There's been obstacles. On the way to work. And now I don't go to work, so I don't listen anymore. Oh, I know. What a, what a, oh, what a fucking roadblock. Uh, Back then there were, there were, there were only, there were only 24 hours in the day. Now I'm looking, now it's on, now there's still 24 hours in the day. Fuck you and your fucking excuses. Oh my God. <laughs> Ouch. Good thing only our serious listeners are listening at this point. Oh yeah. All those people that won that fucking Jaws contest. Fuck you too. You fucking, you fucking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, honestly, anybody that fucking, no, seriously, seriously, anybody that listens to this fucking shit, props to you jesus christ i'd rather fucking down a filet of fish than listen to this fucking episode <laughs> choke down oh yeah f- man <laughs> i'm lazy that's what's going on tonight i'm going across the street and filet a fish it up you really gonna go get a filet of fish bro oh, i'm pretty <laughs> sure man i'm not feeling the, the steak and Dude, I, yeah, I, what like what like i'm not like concerned that you enjoy filet of fish i mean i am a little bit well, I was I was a little bit, but the fact that like you 
strive for filet of fish. That's what bothers me. Here's my question. Like that we're like chilling here and you're like, I can't wait to get a filet of fish. That's what's bothersome to me. Well, it's an alternative to doing the episode. Eating the filet of fish makes it much more desirable. <laughs> what happens? What happens if like, okay, so you go, you know, you ever do a special order at like a, you know, like a fast food restaurant? What happens if you go to fucking McDonald's and you're going through and you're ordering your filet of fish and you're like, Instead of giving me that half-ass fucking straight down the middle that you're cutting the fucking piece of cheese in half, can I get a full fucking slice of cheese? What happens? Like, what do they do? They charge you extra for a full slice of cheese? Nonsense, bitch. I don't know. I've never tried. What are they? they, Ninety cents on you. They got to get on the horn. They got. uh, Let me talk to my manager real quick. They got on the horn to corporate? Yeah. They go, listen, Sally, we never heard this before. This motherfucker wants a full slice. <laughs> I, uh, the red my, name's, yeah. uh, my name's Dale Riley. I'm the uh, district manager here in Macon County for McDonald's. Uh, I, we got a lady in the drive-thru. Uh, what's a full slice of cheese on the filet of fish Don't know what to do. Can we get- Is that possible? <laughs> I- <laughs> they go, Barry, Barry, you know how you throw one full slice on a burger? You just do that with the filet of fish. Well, I tried doing that, but the filet of fish just isn't taken to the half slice. I gotta tell you. I wonder if like, 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 like if the district manager gets hung up on and he's gotta call back in. Like when you call like customer service and stuff and they don't know what the fuck to do to fix your issue and they just hang up on you and then you gotta call back in and wait again. I wonder, you know, I wonder if Dale Riley has to call back into McDonald's to fucking figure out this fucking conundrum with this filet of fish full slice of cheese. Jake, that's bold. I remember working there and fucking we had to fold the piece of cheese and cut it in half (laughs) for the filet of fish. It's a sad job. I'm surprised you didn't refuse. Just give him a full Dude, slice Dale of Riley cheese. Dale Riley is fucking hilarious. Dale Riley. Jesus Christ. I just made that name up on the fly, bro. <laughs> oh, it's fucking balling, dude. Dale Riley. McDonald's worker is special, bro. <laughs> this is the most fucked up Star Wars news we've ever done. <laughs> I don't even care about it. I can't. Star Wars news. Uh, <clears throat> we got an update about that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi show coming to Disney Plus, and um, I mean, here has been the question: Is it really coming to Disney Plus? I mean, there's been this rumor that like this show's not happening, and um, this comes from Dark Horizons. Following her work on the first season of the Mandalorian TV series for Disney Plus streaming service, filmmaker Deborah Chow was hired to serve as director of the complete run of an event series currently in development about Obi-Wan Kenobi. The limited series is set eight years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, essentially around the same time as the events of Solo, a Star Wars story. And we'll see Ewan McGregor reprising his role at a time when Kenobi is in, exa- is in exile on Tatooine. In January this year came word that Lucasfilm had put the project on hold indefinitely with the project 
and Hassin Amini's scripts being retooled. So where does it stand now? Speaking at the virtual ATX festival, Chow offered a brief update saying, not much has progressed. Quote, we have a little more to do than that, but we're in development. Shooting on the project has been pushed into next year while rewrites continue in order to eliminate similarities to the Mandalorian, which was a complaint in regards to the early drafts. So th- I've been hearing that 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 is a bit has been a constant of what I've been hearing was the big problem with after the Mandalorian came out, the Obi-Wan series kind of like was the same the script for that was very similar to what we got in the Mandalorian. Hmm, I we, believe it. The Mandalorian protecting a young child. Well, they, we're going to get another series of Obi-Wan Kenobi living on Tatooine protecting a young child. Yeah, You know what's crazy? Luke Skywalker. Go ahead. I was going to say Clone Wars launched with a movie where Anakin and Obi-Wan were protecting a young hut. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so it seems like a well that they they go down quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Well, that's what they're trying to stay away from now. So, um, I mean, like that's been like the rumored story for years, Jake. We've talked about like kind of like our hopes for like what this series was. I at one time have even come out and said like, yeah, it would. It would kind of make sense to have a story where, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's living on Tatooine. Uh, there are people that are showing up to Tatooine that know about, you know, Darth Vader's son living there, come to kill him. And unbeknownst to Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi is there protecting him the entire time. Wow, what a series that would be. And... um doesn't look like that's going to happen. Like, what are they going to, I don't know how, what the fucking story is going to be at this time. I honestly feel at the end of the day now, like this is taking place eight years after the events of Star Wars. Is Filoni and Chow just going to use this as a fucking solo sequel since we're not going to get that in the theaters? That's classic Filoni. To that's classic Filoni. Or something else. Yeah. I, I fuck. I love Filoni. I think he's brilliant, but fuck man. Fuck. Make each series its own series. Thank you. I don't want fucking Clone Wars stories in my fucking Rebels series. Like, I don't know. I I mean, I guess at the end of the day it worked, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. It's, if you, if you're gonna do that stuff, like, keep it to one episode. Don't make it like a whole season devoted to be in a sequel to some other story that you wrote. Like, that's just ridiculous that he does that. Well, it's pandering to like, I get it. Like there's a lot of people that want to see that solo story, you know, solo, solo, a star Wars story pay off like the events of like what happened in that pay off. But I don't think that you use that at the expense of like this Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I feel like a lot, a lot of people that want to see the ending of that story don't want to see the ending of another series in its first season. <laughs> it's a great point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're catering to the same audience here. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I love Deborah Chow's fucking episode on The Mandalorian, so we'll see what happens with this Obi Wan Kenobi series. I just I just don't know what the story's gonna be now. If 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 it's not gonna be if it's not gonna be Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine, like protecting Luke, what is he doing? Yeah, heart fighting Grievous for the fourth time. <laughs> dude, um, like you guys said, dude, they're just gonna shoehorn a bunch of shit that doesn't belong in here. Yeah, they're gonna be hard, more harder pressed to shoehorn an Obi Wan show into Star Wars canonical history that you know than they are with the Mandalorian. It's just gonna be hard to not do for a writer, I think. Yeah, they're gonna be forced into a hand here. Whereas, like the show that was already written, it might be too familiar to Mandalorian, but like now they're rewriting it and they're reintroducing stuff that they didn't want originally. And I don't know. They're going to, like you said, man, they're going to shoot horn a bunch of shit and I don't know if it's going to work out. Here's the thing. I'm kind of like over star Wars doing legacy characters, but on the flip side, they're teasing the fact that I'll get to see you and McGregor again as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of the exception that right? the rule. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. I you know me, I've been over it since before this new trilogy started and, and but seeing you and McGregor, I mean he's just so born for that role. Dude, dude, Love dude, it. dude, they fucked up. They fucked up. I want I want I wanted the old legacy characters come back in this fucking in this new trilogy. But I didn't want them not to all fucking hang out and shit. We never got a scene of all fucking three of them hanging out together. Oh, imagine that, man. Yeah. We got fucked. A cruel cruel trick. And we could have fucking had it. They had two fucking movies where we could have had that fucking scene of fucking Han, Leia, and Luke hanging out together. But they fucked up. They fucked up. They all fucked up. Oh, let's kill Han. <laughs> Han's no, we never get to see fucking Han hang out with Luke again. He's like, I know what I have to do. I need to ruin a perfect fucking meetup. It's it's <laughs> it's fucking. I don't want. Yeah, I I if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna hand it off to new characters, that's totally cool. But my god, the fact that we didn't get all three characters in the same goddamn room together. It's a, it's a travesty. It's a yeah, fucking travesty. Cruel. It is. It's a cruel fuck. And, you know, like, maybe it, it wasn't a big deal, Jake, to me in the beginning because I love, you know, The Force Awakens so much. Oh, that's fu- You killed Han. Oh, but I love the movie. <laughs> so good. But when you, know, you so much fun that you kind of forgave it. Yeah, but when you, but when I get the fucking uh, Rise of Skywalker and that fucking, you know, somebody takes a shit on Stephen Amell's roof and that's called Star Wars fandom, and I get that fucking movie, then I look back. I look back. I look back. I go. I get after I get the fucking the Rise of Skywalker come out and I. And I look, and I, I look back over fucking, you know, back to 20, 
15 when that movie came out. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, the things that they could have done differently for fans. Is it fan service to have all three of them in the same scene together, Jake? Is that just fan service at that point? Yeah, yeah, but I still think it's almost like it, it's crazy that they didn't do that at all. It is fan service, but when has a Star Wars movie been opposed to any sort of fan service? Well, it's fan service too, but don't you think they'd all want to like meet back up too, like in the universe? Well, think about think about think about the the third fucking movie was all fan service. Oh, totally. The Rise of Skywalker was like the ultimate fan service. Like I, uh, I, God damn it, I'm I'm just angry. I think even the side stories, like even the Rogue One and the Solo, were mm. chock full of fan service as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh, oh God, with the 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 the, I can't think of their names right now. But the two criminals from Mos Eisley showing up in Rogue One. Oh, how ham-fisted the RTV2 and C3PO moment in that movie was as well. Yeah. Uh, the Darth Maul stuff and Solo. I mean, yeah. Well, that was, try- th- that was trying to set up like a whole new... I, that was all felony. You can tell. Like, that's all felony. And it's like, that's stuff that works in the cartoons, but I feel like when you open that kind of shit up in the movies and the movie doesn't perform well... Not maybe the best idea. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I, it is crazy that the one fan service moment that everyone really wanted and it would have been really cool is the only one they don't do practically. The three of them together. And, and, and for me, it just means a lot because with the passing of Carrie to kind of see like all three of them together in a scene again again would have been super special yeah a real missed opportunity that they'll never have again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not without you know special effects or cgi and that's just not quite the same no matter mm-hmm. how good the technology gets yeah the only way to i mean it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense the only way you could do that is to like force ghosts at the end but it doesn't make sense to have Han be a Force ghost. Yeah. He's never Jedi. The end, the end of the first one would have been the most opportune, and uh, they missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we kind of see Han as a Force ghost in, in a way. I guess that's inside Kylo Ren's head is how you have to uh, interpret that scene in Episode Nine. How 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 much better do you think Episode Nine would have been had, had Carrie not passed away? Uh, not much. It's, it was supposed to be that first movie was Han, second movie was Luke, and the third movie was supposed to be a lot of Carrie. I don't think it would have helped it. I, I think you still have JJ trying to apologize and retroactively change all the events that happened in The Last Jedi. Let's say, okay. Very, very little changes, and it's not much better. Another hypothetical scenario, they don't get rid of Colin Trevorrow. They keep Colin Trevorrow on the project. It would have been better. And I, I don't even, it's not that I even like Colin Trevorrow more than J.J. Abrams. It's just that I, I think he would have been doing a different job. It was like J.J. Abrams was brought in to reunite fandom, it felt like, after mm. it was so divided from The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Right. 
Mm -hmm. Like the job that he was hired to do was so much different than the job Colin was initially hired to do. But Jake, I read, I read the Colin, I read the Colin Trevorrow, you know, leaked script online and I, I saw the storyboards and I, well, listen to this. That was just the first draft. Like how many, it would have gone through more drafts. It would have changed. I mean, how many, how many drafts did these movies go through? At the end of the day, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to imagine it would be worse. I, I, I honestly, from like what I read and what I heard about the Trevaro script, I think I would have liked it a lot better. I, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's, I'm not, I, I'm not even close to saying it's perfect, but I think it's better. Hashtag Trevaro cut. You know, yeah, none of that exists. They'd have to completely refilm the movie. <laughs> they would have to completely refilm the movie. Yeah. There's not a scene of that except for first draft storyboards. Can uh, you imagine that? We get like a flashcards of storyboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch that than I don't know, dude. I the more I am the removed sword, dude, No. The more I am removed from the rise of Skywalker, the more I am so the more I hate that movie. <laughs> Dude, it's it's like fucking so disheartening, man. Cause I'm a uh you know, I'm I was born in eighty nine. I fucking love the originals. My father showed me when I was a kid, fucking fell in love with them. Went to see the prequels. I mean, I still love them because I was young and yeah. naive to the story still. And then when I actually had, like, a footing in the fucking world of Star Wars, these movies come out, and I fucking start off loving them, and then I get this last one, and it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, dude, like, we all, like, wait for these movies. We love them. And uh, for us to fucking get fucked like this, I feel like we do need kind of a... uh, a reprise, you know, not not a Snyder cut kind of deal, but yeah. just a little bit of a reasoning it's, of what the fuck went down. It sucks that we had to learn this way. It sucks that we had to learn this way, right? The, and I think, like, I think, like, with this last Star Wars trilogy, I think it would have just it would have benefited from from one voice, and it. It was a clusterfuck. Jake is a clusterfuck. J.J. Abrams directed the first one, like passed the torch to Ryan Johnson. There was a little bit of like conflict between those two. Like, you know, Ryan Johnson wanted J.J. to do a few things, and J.J. did not agree and did his movie the way he wanted to. And then Ryan Johnson did his movie the way that he wanted to, and then left that movie in a way that JJ Abrams had to come back and kind of like change things. And then, but we originally get in Colin Trevor. I think, I think that the new trilogy, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree, would have just benefited from one single voice one single director one vision yeah it's hard hard to argue that i think if even if jj was the one that did all three i think we end up with a way better last movie than what we ended up yeah 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 yeah. so then you don't get that like heavy speed bump in the way 
Well, you don't get J.J. trying to basically retcon everything that happened in the second movie directed by Ryan That's, Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I love The Last Jedi. I, it, I think a speed bump is a bad metaphor for it. I, you know, it's just that they catered to fan reaction way too much. Like they just needed to pull up their pants and accept what it was, regardless of what people thought of it and not spend so much time story wise retroactively changing that movie well i think fans kind of like overreacted to like ryan johnson's message of like everyone can be a jedi like that's, oh yeah there's a bunch of reasons that fans overreacted to that movie that's not star wars like uh, the star wars is all about people that are chosen like the skywalkers this legacy and i'm thinking to myself did you watch the prequels where there were like how many fucking Jedi were fucking running oh, around man. with lightsabers in that movie? I think a lot of people's biggest problem was the the Luke Skywalker interpretation. Too. That's I true. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. one that really like that's what Greg Alenti fucking loses his brain over. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I get it. I mean, like it's 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 it is kind of like hard to wrap your brain around like why is Luke Skywalker not wanting to help out the Resistance and his sister. It's a, it's a lot to wrap your mind around. Yeah, it's yeah, I very much so. But it, it, everything goes in cycles, and I always just took it as Luke is like Yoda was in Empire Strikes Back in this movie. You know, just kind of the old crazy hermit at this point. Well, I took it as like he he took his uh, he took his nephew in as a as a trainee. You know, as a as a as a young Padawan, and lost him to the dark side, and yeah, this is you know he was supposed to be the chosen one, and that's kind of like you know what I mean. He was like after after he fucking destroyed the Death Star, after he fucking you know you know balanced the Force and all this shit, defeated the Empire. Like he was probably looked at as like a like a hero, a legend, a god in in many ways, and and then he, you know, it all comes crumbling down when he fucking loses his fucking nephew to the dark side, and it's his yeah. his sister. I mean, Yoda's the same way. Yoda's there because of a giant fucking loss and failure too. Right? Know? Yeah. They very much mirrors each other. Yeah. 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 Which is very much like. Why we started this conversation because Star Wars always mirrors its stories. Yeah. yeah so true. for like, you know, for like Obi Wan to be like too familiar to Mandalorian, like this is what Star Wars has done and will keep doing until the end of Star Wars. I, I, I'm just, I, I, I just want them to get away from legacy characters and just show me different corners of the uni- of the Star Wars universe. Oh yeah, like dive into like the like the cities and the the happenings going on. Yeah. I'm on board with that. See, We've had enough of the mainstream. It's it's different than like Batman cuz like Batman it's like you know, so like, many characters. Exactly. The Star Wars you can just create anything. Anything. There, can, the, the limits are endless. Yeah. <laughs> but we just keep doing the same race. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, you know this guy from the first Star Wars, but, like, we have 35 species on this planet that we could dive into, but we're not going to. 
it's the fucked up thing about Star Wars. It's like they'll show like they'll show like a character in like uh like the cantina cantina and yeah. it, he'll be off in a corner and you'll see him for five fucking seconds and he's blurry and then I don't know. Years later, we'll get a whole fucking episode about this motherfucker. <laughs> and then, like, Reddit is like, there, and he was in that first Star Wars movie in the back corner drinking a latte, dude. Did you see him? Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Oh, my God. There was a, there was a Starbucks fucking <laughs> cup there. <laughs> and the Game of Thrones... All the Game of Thrones fans are like, dude, I, I, I get it. That happens sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm done. I am done. This is it. That's all we got for this episode. Sounds good. I'm raring for that filet. <laughs> oh, that filet on fish. <laughs> That's how I'm going to say it when I order it, too. <laughs> no, you fucking won't. No, you, you're guilty as charged. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, you need to like live stream that to the fucking PCL fucking Facebook page. Do you remember that you fucking... Do you remember that, dude? Do you remember that C two E two when we fucking drove up to the McDonald's drive oh, up? Boy. Oh, I'll never forget. And I fucking like, didn't I throw a soda? You, you tossed your garbage. I think just right outside <laughs> You're the door. Such a piece of dude. I was drunk as fuck, Winkler, and I fucking I tossed some shit out the fucking window at the. At the, at the, at the drive up <laughs> at McDonald's, and D- Jake, remember the woman? She said like, like you, you just threw that garbage out of that window, and I, I said no, I didn't. And then, <laughs> yes, and she, and she's like, she's like, we've got a camera. We saw you do it. <laughs> but, but that's hilarious. And that same lady gave us free apple pies. Too, thank so. you, thank you. You know why? Because I'm charming, I'm charming as fuck. I'm a littering piece of shit. <laughs> even she, when littering, you're charismatic. Even when I'm littering, yeah. littering, I am a charismatic son of a bitch, and yeah, she yeah. gave us free apple that's pies. Right, that's what I was telling Jake. I was like, Jake, man, we had, like, the fucking best time at C2E2, and I didn't get the fucking meaty, bro. Like, Oh, yeah, Jake didn't show up till that last day, and you were already gone. Yeah. Yeah, I was sad at all the people that couldn't stay for that last day. I just made it up for just one moment there. I know. Jake was that like, a, cool. Jake was like a fart in the wind at C two E two. Yeah, nah, yeah, fart it in sucked. It sucked. That shit was on my birthday there. too, on Friday. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> he's like driving in and he's stopping at a truck stop. So like, hey, what are you doing, man? Is it celebrating my birthday, bro? Yeah, that's how you do. I suck my dick. Truck, truck stop oh, showers. Shit. Oh my god! Wait, no, there's I think a truck stop showers when they pee on you. Oh, those, are, <laughs> those are those are the best. Just <laughs> rando truckers. Those are, those are rest stop showers. Oh, oh touche, man. Yeah, that's there funny. is nothing better than just warm urine running down your back. From a uh, rando stranger, nothing better. Oh, no, not much. Very there, few things. You just specify. I'm like, I've had multiple types of urine run down my back, but a uh, fresh homeless stranger, I think, might be the best. Oh my that sounds like god! Sounds like a new podcast series right there. Fresh, <laughs> fresh homeless, homeless stranger piss. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I'm seriously. I'm gonna go jerk off right now. Um. Uh. 
I that, love you guys. Yeah, I love you too. I'm just really turned on right now. Just think, just I, I, it's like you ever like smells, like certain smells, just kind of like bring you back to a place, and like I'm being uh, brought back to a place where I just had rando homeless people pissing on my back, and it's just thinking about a light blue, that perfume, thinking about a light blue, that shit puts me fucking weak at my knees, dude. Like I was at a homeless shelter one time serving turkey dinners when I worked in the city, yeah, and this fucking homeless woman must have. I don't know. Maybe she bought the perfume, but I, well, however she acquired the perfume, she was fucking wearing it, and I fucking buckled at the knees when she walked out for food. I was like, Jesus Christ! What the I hell? What are you wearing? So she was like, I'm just like, dude, holy fuck! Jake, do you remember that song? Who was who sang that song? I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly speak. I lose all control when something takes hold of me. Remember that song? Yeah, nah, I'm with you though. Did Jake, are you eating a fuck? You don't remember that one? No, I don't. I don't. I get so weak in the knees. knees. I get so weak in the knees. I lose all control when something gets hold of me. You don't remember that? Is that the SWV song? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. Can we play it? Can you play it, Jake? Yeah, I'm looking for it. I feel like that's a perfect, like, ending to this. I get so weak, boy. It's something I can't explain. <laughs> oh, wow. Something about the way Couple you do, fillets. when you do, when Couple you do, fillets. what you do, what you do, when. Me. I'm fucking killing that fucking song, Karaoke Night. Oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to yeah, bend it over and make it my bitch. Up. I'm going to make Karaoke Night my bitch. With that song, so I'm gonna fucking clear out the room because I fucking suck. Let's add. You're like all three SWV members at once. I found it, but I can't. I can't play it so you can hear it. Oh yeah, you can. When I I was playing at the same time, Brian was singing, and it was like it it was like stereo sound. It's yeah, it's fucking SWV. Hold on. All right, play it, Brian. I'm gonna play. This ad needs to end. Oh. I got two fucking ads. I got a State Farm ad, and I got a fucking Arby's ad. (laughs) Arby's still pays for ads. Oh, here we go. Oh, damn! Whoa! This sounds just like me earlier, didn't it? Uh, Yeah. Dude, this dude, this is the jam back in the nineties. Starts beating triple time with hearts of love when you are my man. Can't figure out what to do with the cause and cure yeah, bro. I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly speak. I lose all control when something takes hold of me. In the day you are so amazing, I want you to stay with me. I swallow your love is so sweet, it's my feet. 
That fucking like like that older from fucking Family Guy. That one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like the, cre- the creepy neighbor that wants Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> I get so weak in the knees, Chris. I get so weak in the knees. Yo, you've been on vacation for a while, fat So weak in the knees, Chris. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're done. Just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Winkler. Appreciate it. All right, later, y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids It's a trap Toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.